For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What is the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn, and it is the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. I do it each and every week with my homeboys in the co the co-pilot of the show, the producer of the show, the man of I, I would say of much disdain by some and praise <laughs> uh, by others. Cody Lashney, welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. Tony Dunn, thank you for having me back. Um, yeah, I can't keep my mouth shut. I like to talk shit. It's been a problem since I was a little bitty child. Y'all pray for me. Um, but uh, more importantly, your boy, that? you know, I was even thinking that I was going to have to go and try out to be the kicker of the Carolina Panthers. But turn out, I don't have to do that anymore. The Panthers brought someone else in to do it. Robbie Anderson got the bag, and we have a ton more to talk about tonight, Tony Dunn, but you already know that we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. I'm talking about Sideshow Rob, the man that was here, Choppy71, my guy Nick Montiero, what's up, bro? Chad Mon- uh, Chad Morales, Tin Tizzy, Craig Hartner, Freddie Garcia, Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Um, G Cavassier looks like he's in the house too. Is that uh Gerard Getty Green? I'm pretty sure that's G Cavassier. Oh, shit. what up, G? Maybe I mean, I might be wrong on that. No, but, that, uh, is, hey, folks, that is you're right. Don't uh forget to smash the thumbs up button, be a part of the podcast by calling in at 252 228 5098. We got a fun show for you tonight. We'll be talking about Robbie Anderson's extension, the increased or the newly founded competition in the kicking room for the Carolina Panthers and also the heating up backup 
quarterback competition at 930. Tim Jenkins, former NFL quarterback, uh, founder of Jenkins Elite, and also the offseason quarterbacks coach to PJ Walker will join us. He's been a great guest in the past, and I'm sure uh, we're going to have some tough questions, actually, to ask him about how uh, this competition is going. And uh, I'm also interested to get his take on how much the the players that are really bound to start games, uh, like the guys like a Christian McCaffrey or a Sam Darnold or a Robbie Anderson, do they really need the preseason? Are these reps so important? So I'll be asking uh, – we'll be asking Tim – uh, some important questions. He's been a great guest in the past, so make sure you support him. But when he comes on, you follow him and uh, hang out till nine thirty. Again, two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. CK in the house. How are you? You dude, I am uh, doing well, man. I uh, listen. We I got a few days before we actually get a true look at these starters, so it's going to be really fun to 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 you know talk about what we're planning on seeing and uh, obviously some news that we have. I- I'm super excited about Tim being on. He uh, He's thoroughly impressive uh, in our la- his first time on the go on the on the show, man. It was just incredible. So uh, this will be a, a really insightful and informative uh, conversation we're about to have. Shout out to my nephews Archer and AJ uh, tuning in with my little sister. Uh, also, uh, good news: the world has not ended. Cephas is still in a terrible mood. <laughs> <laughs> That dude, that when he says something nice, man, I'm gonna be like, uh oh, it's a, and that, and, and that's when he's talking here. about PJ Walker or Teddy Bridgewater, then he's okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, shout out to you, <laughs> don't forget the show's powered by Volta. If you're a homeowner in North or South Carolina, you can achieve energy independence and get a fixed rate on your energy bill for the rest of your life. That's right, you can contact Kevin Brown, solar consultant. Um, and take advantage of some federal and state tax cuts. And again, fixed rate on your energy bill for your life. Add equity to your home. Give him a call at 704-215-3373. Tell him C3 sent you. All right, guys, the big news of the day. Robbie Anderson inked a two-year extension, meaning two more. He had a year. He had this year on his contract. So two years, this will go through 2023. Um, and uh, some significant money. He's going to be pulling in $14, $15 million a year uh, over those years, over those three years, and I think I saw something like $20 million guaranteed. We, um, there were some signs that this was coming. Obviously, uh, they, you know, there were reports uh, earlier in the week or over the weekend that Robbie Anderson and the Panthers were deep in discussions about a contract extension. There were some signs that, I mean, hey, Robbie Anderson, after putting up a thousand yards last year and not even doing it with his like kind of his moneymaker moves of the long deep ball, right, uh, turned into a possession receiver um, and really um, was healthy, was effective pretty much for this season. The beginning of the season was a little bit more um, productive for him, and it seemed like the back end of the season was more productive for DJ Moore. But we knew Robbie Anderson was interested in securing that bag uh, because coming off a thousand yard season, you don't know what could happen with injuries. And uh, right now he comes out and he says, this is that, um, you know, this was a good fit. He likes the organization. He likes the fans. He likes Sam Darnold. And we know that connection between him and Matt rule is important. And clearly uh, it seems like Matt rule was in his corner here. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, we knew that this was ha- going to happen. 
it was inevitable. Matt Rule had been talking about a player that they had been working on an extension with, and then we kind of inevitably heard through the grapevine that it was going to be Robbie Anderson. So really, it was just a matter of seeing, well, okay, how much money and for how long? And honestly, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw the numbers, like I wasn't as freaked out um, as I thought I would be, um, especially after listening to Scott Fitterer do an interview today. He still seems, um, you know, uh, pretty intent that this deal uh, doesn't preclude us from signing other players down the road, like DJ Moore, who's been mentioned, uh, like potentially maybe a Dante Jackson if he has a standout year this year. Um, and, you know, it's only two years. I think the Panthers and Matt Rule uh, view Robbie Anderson as an incredibly important part of their downfield passing attack. And having that kind of versatility on the football field, I mean, you essentially have a little bit of everything. You have a go-up-and-get-it receiver and Terrace Marshall. You know, you have the yards-after-catch guy and DJ Moore, who also has that incredible long speed. But now you have uh, – you know for sure that you have Robbie Anderson to help build this offense around. And he's always going to be able to take the top off of this defense. So I think it was important for this team going forward. And I don't feel too bad about the numbers that I've seen, man. For me, it's about the length of contracts that are scary rather than the number that they get paid at the time. So, yeah, I mean, actually, this is significant money for a wide receiver, right? I mean, it's not like you're not getting them on a bargain deal, but – we didn't also sign him to a four or five year blockbuster type deal. Right. Right. Is that it's like, Hey, we value your contribution here. We want to keep you around. We also would like to take the angst off of your, you know, the anxiety away about playing this season. Um, and I'm kind of big on this too, because let, if you like a guy and they, if you feel like they're a good fit, um, I like signing them earlier than later. Right. Because it just costs more money later. Right. And if they let uh, Robbie Anderson play out this season, he had another thousand yard season. Uh, he's going to be asking, he's going to be demanding, hey, you guys didn't sign me when you had the chance. Now I want the top dollar. CK, uh, how does this kind of, do you see this fitting into the plan, though, when it comes to what the Carolina Panthers are doing? We're still holding the bag on the Shaq Thompson contract. That's actually one of the bigger contracts on the team that is right. we can't get out of for two more years, man. Shaq Thompson's going to be on this team for a hot minute, right? Uh, Christian McCaffrey's got some big money. And then I think now it would be Robbie Anderson's next. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Robbie or DJ Moore, you mean? Well, no, like as in like who we've allocated funds to. How does this kind of, what do you think that this says about the kind of how the Panthers are going to, um, I guess, build? Did you watch, help us with DJ Moore? Did you, did you watch um, Fitterer's uh, press conference today? I did not. Okay. So he had talked about he has a three-year tiered approach, right? And uh, which is, you know, gives me a little bit of confidence. I'm sure that the G all GMs have a similar approach to this, but he's got three years of the contracts that he's about ready to work on. Um, and the fact that they've added uh, that that Robbie Anderson was a part of that uh, tells me a couple of things, obviously, uh, that they really value what he brings to this team. Um, but I don't think uh, somebody, you know, said that it's going to leave. Uh, it's it's a bargaining chip for DJ because now we have Terrace, we have Shy. Like DJ's not going to be able to demand so much money from us. And I'm like, it's there's going to be other teams that are willing to do that. Like he's not going to bring down his price because we've got other talent on the team. Like if anything, that's just going to be like, all right, well, let me go check out and see what the the open market's about. You know, I, I so I think that 
Um, it's a good move. Um, it kind of gives us some solid, you know, I guess solid starters on our offense uh, on an offense that has been way too like, like pliable uh, as of late to where it was one, one person's there. Then he's not there one year later where can some consistency, I think can do us some good. So I think this is a positive move. Um, I'm not super thrilled with the, the, the numbers because he is a number two wide receiver and he's paid uh, higher than ha- almost half of the other number one wide receivers in the league. Um, that just felt a little off to me, but it is, it, you know, we'll see how it, how it plays out this year. So we're, um, I just wanted to read the official numbers here. Uh, it's a two year, uh, uh, $29 million contract with the Carolina Panthers, including, 20 million in guaranteed. So this is, I mean, this is a big contract. You know, uh, it's not. It's in terms of um, the the money value in short term. So it's yeah. it's just two years. Um, I already see people in the chat room talking about it being potential trade bait if we needed something down the road. Um, you know, maybe like a left tackle or something like that. Right. I don't know. Right now, I I just think this is. It tells you how they view. Ro- how they view Robbie Anderson in this offense, that he is just a very important, important part of our downfield passing attack. And, you know, as you already mentioned to, instead of having to pay him next year, just do it now, give him some money to say, Hey, we love you. We want you to be a part of what we're doing. And, you know, what a better way to get a person to buy in, right. To buy into what you're trying to build, just drop the bag on them. Hey, I'm happy for, uh, I'm happy for Robbie, man. Yeah. Uh, Kego, uh, Kego Fort, Kego. I almost went. I called him Kegel. Kego Fort. Yeah. We'll say that. Kego Fort. Kego Fort says uh, we have DJ for two more years, right? I mean, we've exercised the fifth year of his his fifth year contract or whatever they call it. Um, I think that kicks in next year. Not in, or is it this year? It's, he's not in his fifth year. So he's in his fourth year, and then so we have him this year, next year, and like he's reminded, there is the franchise tag availability. I, I agree with uh, CK. I don't think that this means he lowers his price by any means. It's not a bar, but what it does it what it does do is not put you in a your back up against the wall to have right. to sign one of these guys to overpay a guy right out the gate because you don't have any other options. Uh, so. You know, I, I'm I'm big on Robbie Anderson. I like him. I, I think that uh, last year impressed me because, again, he did not play the game that is his nat- his best. Like his best asset was almost taken away from him. Yeah, uh, in the downfield game, right? And he still was available, produced, and played pretty damn tough. Man, he became a possession receiver for being the scrawniest possession receiver in the history of the world. Was de- decent. Was pretty darn good at it. Um. Now, I, I guess the next story to move on to is this is uh Panthers brought in some competition at the kicking position, but strangely, it's none of the names that anybody was floating around that I had heard. You see that the Giants have a kicker who's been perfect in the preseason. Some people have said that. Uh was it the Raiders or somebody else? I was I see uh no, it was the Colts that uh have Blankenship and some other guy that they thought uh so the other guy they're gonna hit waivers. And who is this guy? It's like a foreigner, isn't he? So his name is, uh, I'm going to try and pronou- uh, pronounce this, Dominic Eberle. Eber- Eberle? Eberle? Um, and some some real uh, 
some quick information about him. Um, at Utah State, Eberle hit 70, 79% of his field goals. For college comparison, Sly hit 23% of his Ooh. college field goals. Eberle spent the 2020 season on the Raiders practice squad and was signed to a future reserve contract, but was ultimately waived. Waived. He has never kicked in an NFL game before. So, listen, I mean, really, this is, to me, right now, this is basically what we were asking for. It, was, it wasn't a big name. It wasn't the names that we floated out, like from the Ravens, as you alluded to, Tony. But, uh, again, I, I feel like it's sorely needed for right now. And Joey Sly should feel like his job is is in danger, that somebody can come in and, and take this from him. We've been very unhappy with this performance. Take it from him. Right now he's handing it away. Yeah, really. I mean, he might as well uh, be the quarterback and just hand it off to this guy. I know. Hey, like I said, I was thinking about going and trying out if we didn't do something. Right, so, yeah. Shit, yeah. I'm, I'm happy that the Panthers did this. Um, I, I have not been a fan of Joey Sly for a long time, so I'm hoping that, uh, that this guy can work out. CK, they got yeah. the guts to move on from uh, Joey Sly at this point, or are they going to just uh, bring this I'm, guy in and then and still go with Joey? I'm slightly worried that they're still going to go with Joey, that this is just them trying to get him some, you know, some competition to make him, like, you know, get him out of his head maybe, or at least try to get him on his game. I At least that's – I guess it could be that way. I, I don't know for sure. I, I'd, I'd like to think that they're willing to move on from him, though. Um, well, you know, is that here is that, uh, it's, I wish this is not what we were talking about right now. Right. You know, <laughs> is that, it's like, is that not only are bubble, um, discussions difficult, right? Is that when that's the bubble of the kickers? Ugh. Um, other news. Cause I really look is, uh, I was hoping Joey Sly was going to come in. They they gave him, they took away the pressure on him this camp, and they didn't bring any other kickers in. And we knew that he struggled last year. He was inconsistent, and he came out and he did the same damn thing. Uh, so the sports psychologist didn't do it. And I want him to. I don't like to overreact at every missed kick, but now it's just it's getting to the point where it's just too frequent, too frequent to just write off as kind of inconsistent with a big leg is that he has to connect on the makeable ones. And, like, if Joey Sly could just be consistent on those 30 yarders, the 40 yarders, do you know how much value he would have in having that giant leg? Because then you could say, you know what? Like, we could give him a 60-yarder and him potentially make it. The sad thing is, is he's almost more accurate from outside 55 than he is from inside 55, which is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Right. Yeah. It, it's a problem when you have to worry about all your extra points. Uh, I mean, really, those, I should, be the, those should be the gimmies. I, may, I, I, I couldn't tell you the first thing about it. Um, if you haven't been able to pick it up, kicking isn't necessarily my forte, so... Um, uh, you know, uh, you don't uh, have experience. Oh, you know what? I guess just like <laughs> this is since uh, you didn't play since you haven't been a kicker. You can't talk about kickers, Cody. Yep. Hey, what can I say? Hey, uh, jo- Joey was going to go with me. He was going to try out for quarterback while I tried out for kicker. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Dual tryouts. All right. Uh, so, but we'll have to okay. see what he is. I hope that we get to see him a good bit. 
this Friday in, in action against the Steelers. All right, moving down the line, uh, Denzel Perriman. Boy, they told us. Uh, we brought in the guys from uh, Chargers chat, and they said he never played a full season, and it looks like he never will. I don't know if he's played at all for the Carolina Panthers yet, even in practice. Then <clears throat> in no. to win uh, at the linebacker position anyway. Then I hear some other things like um, Shaq Ta- that they're uh, considering a rotation at middle linebacker and Jermaine Carter Jr. Maybe even being in the lead for that. No, it's it's not. It's not what you you. It's not a rumor. Matt Rule said today their starter is Jermaine Carter yeah. Jr. Jermaine yeah, Carter Shaq is their He's just one. like a, a no, no. Shaq isn't a Mike. Yeah, okay. Shaq isn't Shaq isn't the Mike. Uh, our, our starting Mike linebacker is none other than Jermaine Carter Jr. Um, uh, Perriman had been dealing with uh, a hip injury. I, I do believe he had been dealing with some stiffness. He had been working his way back from that injury just for him to get his foot stepped on again today and re-injure himself. And now he's working his way Wait, who back stepped from on his that. foot? Derek Brown? I mean, like, geez. It was an, uh, yeah, one of the big guys, he said. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll give him that. And it sinks. I mean, um, even still, um, you know, this might be the one time I agree with Cephas, man. It, to me, right now, I mean, if we're looking at the two guys that keep that continue to get hurt, guys like Denzel Perriman, guys like Cam Irving, you know, knock on wood about Cam, maybe he can hold up on that left side. The Panthers sure want him to, but dude, Denzel Perriman does not have a good track record. He's already been hurt almost every year or every year that he's played in the NFL. And now he's already hurt for us, man. Like, our linebacker depth is so thin right now. Like, I you could have really think, used that Joe Sherbert for whatever his name is. Yeah, Sherbert, yeah. I really don't, I don't know why we didn't jump on that, man. That was an opportunity for us to get better at a position of need. Um, and I forget the guy's name, but we also had a linebacker uh, at practice who went down today and was carted off the football field. So, we were already low on linebacker depth. Um, and now, you know, that Perriman is essentially not, you know, a part of our game plan going forward. Yeah. What does that say about that free agent signing? Not too much. Sad. It said that I'm, I'm still disappointed in Shaq Thompson. Like, is that he got, mo- he got the money. He got everything. And he's still, he ain't even been that good. Period. But no. the fact is, is we need his ass right now. Yeah, we certainly do. Hey, let me ask you this. Uh, how confident are we feeling about Jermaine Carter Jr. as starting inside linebacker? Keep in mind. I like it. He can play, and, man. So before you go, keep in mind in the 4-3 defense, this is normally the guy with the green sticker on his helmet, meaning they're the guys getting plays from the defensive coordinators. They're the guy going back and forth right. with the quarterback, making checks calling audibles at the line, all that stuff that we used to take for granted uh, when Luke Kingsley used to do it so immaculately. But, yeah, how are we feeling about Jermaine Carter being our starting inside linebacker? You know what? Is he played hard last year. We got better when he came in. Yeah. Right? We got better when we came in. You know what? This dude's hungry. You watch him on uh, Twitter. Like, he's he wants to be be- people to believe in him. You know what I'm saying? Like he has, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. 
And I mean, there was the, the interesting part about this is that him and Matt Rule didn't hit it off early. And um, and uh, Jermaine Carter Jr. said that he felt like Matt Rule was riding him for everything, un- like more more so than other people. And then yeah. uh, some of the one of the other coaches stepped in and said it's because he believes in you or something to that effect. And now it seems like uh, whether or not uh, Matt Rule's position has changed or changed because he believes in him or changed by necessity at this point. Um, I do think Jermaine Carter brings some young, youthful vigor to the team instead of just trotting out more kind of busted old, you know, like horses that have run too many races. Is that a hungry dude that wants to get paid? Right. I mean, that's the thing yeah. is these guys need to, he wants to get like, he wants to get his check one day. So I don't think, you know what? He's, he's not the worst option on our team. In fact, I don't really probably even think it's that much of a, or if any, uh, maybe a lateral move from Denzel Perryman. Yeah. You know, another guy that I think, um, you know, you mentioned Matt Rule has been kind of leaning on them and just putting more and more workload on them. You know, I remember after that preseason game, Tony, you said that you didn't think that we saw any starters out there. Uh, again, I'm saying looking at our linebacker depth, I'm thinking Frankie Luvu is going to play a bunch of meaningful snaps for us this year at the linebacker position. This guy flies around to the football. He's aggressive. He's in your face. I mean, he has by far been the training camp hero of the 2021 season. Like, this guy just continues to ball out and make plays. And looking at how shallow we are for linebacker depth, I see Frankie Luvu playing a very big part on this football team. And he might be a story to watch this entire year this year. Yeah, count him on. Just go ahead and put him on the roster. He ain't even on the bubble no more. No, he's a lock. I I think he's going to play legitimate snaps for us this year. That's fair. Uh, all right. Um, why don't we? You want to guys want to squeeze in a cat call before Tim gets here? Yeah, let's do it. All By right, the way, guys, 80, 86 people, y'all know em. what to do. Hit him, CK. Hit him, CK. Hit him with that special kind of shame. Sub, sub, subscriber shame. 84 people, 84 people. Man, we don't have nearly enough likes. We don't have nearly enough. There's only 31. If you support Panther content, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Tony Dunn, let's hit a cat call, brother. It's free, man. Uh, Don't forget the cat call number is 252-228-5098. Let's see what we got here. Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels two, good like Yo guys, I just this is Christopher Kelton who's calling. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I just wanna know, were you impressed with the play calling with Joe Brady, man? Gosh, I, what happened to this offensive juggernaut? What's going on? I mean, getting to the red zone and we're sizzling. And I don't care if it's the ones or twos. I want to see some kind of progression go through this thing, and nothing's happening. I want to just know how you guys feel about it. The defense also looked pretty good. I got to give them credit. They looked all right. 
um, that number 535, Julius, he was getting torched. He, I know he ain't going to make the team. That's but, the truth. You know, all in all, the guys look good on the defense. But, uh, you know, I'm just not satisfied with some of the coaching, some of the executions. Got, this has got to pick up. You know, um, Matt Greer, um, he looked uh, – Greer, Will Greer looked okay. I'm not impressed because he threw a few nice passes and stuff like that in game time. I'm not so sure he, you know, he's going to be there. I don't know what we're going to do next to put him on the practice squad. I don't know. Uh, P.J. Walker, I wasn't impressed uh, with the threes and stuff. I think they were a little lost out there. Uh, some of the guys, uh, Frankie Luva, uh, he looked good. He's a beast. Um, Stanley, T- Stanley Thomas Oliver, cornerback, looked really good. Taylor played okay. He looked good. We, we got some positives to stuff to talk about. Uh, we got to get something on that run defense, man. Not looking so hot for it. But I just want to hear what you guys think. So I'll talk to you guys later, man. Keep pounding. Keep pounding, man. Great call. Um, so, you know, listen, I've, I've heard this said a lot. People are underwhelmed with Joe Brady and and his, you know, his his red zone play calling, and potentially our lack thereof of red zone practicing, um, our play calling. And my thing is this: like, I'm sorry, you're just not gonna get a strong opinion out of me on our offensive play calling after two preseason games. And I know that's not, you know, everybody wants to have a real strong opinion about it and say that oh, we're not doing this enough, we're not doing that. We haven't seen shit yet. It's all just a bunch of vanilla offenses and vanilla defenses, and we're just trying to get these players, you know, uh, do some meaningful snaps, man. Getting these guys on the offensive line to gain a yard or two when you need it and you're trying to run the football. You know, these are things that they're, you know, you're still building upon before you start the season. So, you know, I, I would really just caution people to pump the brakes about people, you know, calling Joe Brady's play calling into question. Like, give the man some time. Give, you know, give Joe Brady and Phil Snow at least, you know, one or two games before we start panicking about what kind of decisions they're making. Because right now, I just, I haven't seen enough to, you know, give me pause or even make me worry about what we're going to be doing. I'm just, I think it's... um kind of overblown right now uh, as far as that matter is concerned, but yeah, I'm not worried about it. Don't worry about the play calling at this point, folks. Is Number one is um, as someone who was um, hesitant to, to crown Joe Brady as the guru right last year, we did see his play calling evolve throughout the year, right? It's like even in the beginning of the season, like weeks one, two, and three, that he's they're gonna uh, they're gonna bring stuff out as you get down the road. Uh, I'm not oh, worried yeah. about the game calling in preseason at all. It should be vanilla. It has to be vanilla. But uh, I guess there were so there are so, some semi concerns when it comes to like um, number one is that we heard the they didn't have the silent count in in the Colts game on the road. Seems like a good time to practice that. So questions about that. 
maybe are you are those learning experience for Joe Brady in a way, right? Is like, oh man, I didn't even think that maybe this right. is such a good opportunity. So he's gonna, you know, he's getting experience as well. And I think for uh, I think the real concern is not about the play call; it's just about the lack of effectiveness in the red zone. And there's a PTSD among P- Carolina Panther fans for like three years about the lack of effectiveness in the red zone. So when you get down there, and what well, well, we get down there three or four times, Cody, and we didn't we didn't punch the ball in. They said they weren't running their goal line defense. There's some, you know, I mean, all these different things. For me, it's not play calling. I just need to know this. is When the hell is the tight end going to produce in Carolina? Well, listen, apparently there's no reason why we shouldn't see it this year. I mean, Dan, Dan Arnold has essentially been the favorite uh, receiving threat of one Sam Darnold during this training camp. Matt Rule even mentioned it again today in his press conference. Um, listen, I think that we have two huge weapons, no pun intended, um, on our offense that we didn't have at our disposal last year. And that's Dan Arnold and Terrace Marshall Jr. Right. And those guys are nightmare, uh, nightmare fuel in the red zone. So I think we're going to be able to take advantage of those matchups. Give Joe Brady some time. Give Phil Snow some time. Get Matt Rule some time. We can't be judging off of preseason football. Way too much. Right, you're, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest-running Panthers podcast uh, on the interwebs. That's including the team themselves. You can support the show by – it's free. Smashing the thumbs-up button, subscribing, uh, and being part of the chat. You can call into the show at 252-228-5098. Uh, Cody, it's time to bring in our guest, Tim Jenkins. Yes, sir. Tim, welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up. Transparently, I wish it was last week, but uh, but we'll do the deal. <laughs> I know. Uh, actually, I am uh, surprised you're excited. Um, you know, uh, PJ Walker, and for people listening, uh, Tim Jenkins, uh, founder of Jenkins Elite. You can go. Uh, is it? It's Jenkins JenkinsElite.com, correct? Yep, JenkinsElite.com. I was real creative with the name. Real creative yeah. with the name. Where'd you get that? Um, there's a beautiful picture of PJ up there right when you get on the website. Um, former NFL uh, former NFL quarterback for the Rams, right? Yep. Excellent, excellent. All right, thanks again, uh, Tim. You've been very popular among our guests, and thanks for uh, taking the time to look at uh, PJ's tape after the first game, I'm sure that you want to burn the tape after the second game. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there was um, – PJ Walker, there's a competition. There's a quarterback competition in Carolina, um, and it doesn't involve the starting quarterback, but it does involve uh, the two guys behind him. Will Greer, former uh, third-round draft pick by the Carolina Panthers. PJ Walker, a former Templar and yep. uh, Matt Rule guy. So uh, it seemed like this as PJ comes in last year, leads the Panthers to a victory um, against the Lions, I believe it was. And um, comes out in week one of the preseason, and they said that the camp, that there was a real competition in the training camp, to so to speak. P.J. Walker comes out in game one against the Colts, and I thought looked decisive, right? Is that even on the the plays that he missed, um, it looked like there was a confidence in throwing the ball. It looked like he understood what was going on, and, and most impressively to me was kind of the ability to command uh, the offense, right, and to get guys set up, get it on time, uh, identify the mic, all these different yeah. things. It really felt like he looked uh, cool and in control at that moment. 
next week though after that game will greer will greer um well one he did i wouldn't say he didn't get a fair shake but he played with the threes yeah it was a it was a it wasn't even on him it was just by this point you saw what's happening uh you know it's just like such a decline and after pj's very impressive first half that they gave him full control will greer just didn't have a lot of opportunity to do anything they handed the ball off this week they flipped it uh will greer comes in there and responds really had a nice game pj was off yeah he was off man what happened well, I think one, I think you've you've nailed it, which is when you're when you see these two three QB battles, you're gonna see the guy who's running with the twos always look better, right? That's just right. the reality. I mean, you we're seeing it in Denver right now with Drew and Teddy, where Drew looks really good with the ones and then falls off with the twos and Teddy vice versa. So right. I think you know you're always gonna see that kind of stuff. To be transparent, you know, and I've watched the tape, but will. Will had an awesome game. I thought he made really he good decisions last week. I thought he was putting the ball where he's supposed to be. I think with PJ, what you really saw was who he is, which is it's feast or famine. PJ is not the type of kid that gets under center. So there's 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 two kind of quarterbacks, in my opinion. There's the guys who, when they get under center and it's a man look, don't even think twice about getting to an easier throw. They're going to attack, and that's PJ. And that's also right. when you get one of eight games is because you're throwing 50-50 balls to guys who in reality it's a 20-80, right? Because they're not <laughs> they're not guys like Robbie Anderson that'll go up and get it or or whoever you're used to throwing to. So I think that's kind of where PJ more or less struggled this week was listen, if I'm being transparent, he made probably better decisions in the past game from a structure standpoint. It just didn't get executed, and that's it, that's yeah, they were just off. That was off. They were, he was just off. Yeah, that's what you're seeing in the level of guy around you. So I think, you know, in terms of what the coaches are grading out, it's always different because it, you know, the we see one thing on the TV copy, and, and it's not until we really get the all twenty two that you can start to dive into it. But honestly, I thought Will did it. I thought Will did a heck of a job. I think really from the Panthers perspective, the biggest thing when you're evaluating that battle, and here's the thing, I love PJ to death, but man, I love football, right? I, I'm like a huge right. football addict, so I'm always going to shoot it straight. The thing that I think the Panthers in reality are going to just have to make the decision on is, hey, in the event that Sam goes down or something happens to Sam, what do we kind of want from that next guy up? If it's yeah. the guy who, hey, you know, to me, PJ's the guy who, it's either going to go in there and it's going to be really bad, or he's going to go in there and it's going to be like, you know, holy, sh- this guy should have been right, our starter, be, right? There's, to me, there's two starting. modes of PJ, and those are the two. With Will, I think maybe you get a little steadier hand um, from just willingness to get to a check down or willingness to right. get to a certain route. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to say that he's Teddy because I know the fan base right now with with what they just went through with Bridgewater, but it's more or less that same thought process you know I, I I talked about that two play stretch that PJ had in his first game where he throws the cover two hole shot and then follows it up with the spin out touchdown that's in terms of NFL you're not going to see another cover two hole shot this year right you'll see it from maybe there's two other guys in the league that would even try it and they wear 12 and they're up in Green Bay with some long hair and the other one is the guy who, you know, Andy Reid pulls his hair out every once in a while because he does stuff that you're just not sure of. So 
you're not going to see that kind of stuff. So I, I think it's one of those things where if I'm just, it's just going to be an organizational decision on kind of how they see that backup role in my opinion. But I think either way, you know, as long as Sam plays well, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Tim, amongst Panther fans, there is a huge contingent of PJ Walker super fans, man. Like there, we had one in, in the chat room earlier and it's easy to see why people love him. I mean, you mentioned it. Like he has this thing, uh, even last season when we, uh, we put up 20 to nothing on the Detroit Lions when PJ Walker came in and he made a play rolling to his right and just made this effortless throw downfield. Like yeah. the dude has an unreal cannon. Yeah. He can shut the football downfield. Where do you think some of his in, his inconsistencies come from? Yeah. Because I, I feel you even alluded to it too. There's a lot to love, but then there's also a lot that makes you kind of scratch your head and go, where, where'd that come from? That yeah. seems like it should have been a layup for him. Definitely. I mean, when you see PJ run to the sideline and rip a 40 yard dart and then follows it up being a little behind on a slant, it makes you, yeah. it makes you pull your hair out. Right. So, I yeah. think, you know, where I honestly, I think the inconsistencies in terms of like the stat line honestly comes down to willingness to not take advantage of a look. Right. I just think that's the bottom line when you have a quarterback who. You know, I mean, I, I think about what he did this week, right? How many times did he check to slot fade and try to attack man coverage? And and honestly, he throws a ball that the kid catches and he's one step out of bounds, right? And I think there's a lot of stuff that goes into a game of, okay, if that kid catches it, somehow drags his feet, is all of a sudden the momentum different, right? I think there's a lot of things. Um, but I do think when you're looking at a stat line, PJ's PJ would have a really hard time being a 70% completion guy. It's just not kind of how he's built and it's not because he's not accurate I just think he's not willing to take the shallow if he feels like he can hit the deep over and I do think the NFL by and large the guys that we're used to seeing are used to just taking the shallow and then moving on um you know I I always like obviously I'm I'm biased I love PJ just as a kid and a human um I'm always a fan of the guys hunting it's a little bit more fun for me to watch um And I think, you know, as a fan, there's the plays that he ends up throwing across his body or trying to fit the corner out in the red zone in the regular season last year, that's a pick. Those are so frustrating. But nothing compared to the third and 13s where the corner's open, but they throw the shallow and it's a punt. So to me, it's like, okay, what, you know, it's all about give and take. And honestly, we've already seen it from Teddy this year in Denver where it's like, Hey man, it's third and 17. We've got a deep hank that's sitting at 14 yards and listen on the all 22, there's clearly a window, but you took the back. Like that never throws it, dude. He's a bum. Yeah. And that's the stuff he will throw. He won't throw any picks. Tim's been doing some, uh, some film breakdown of, of Teddy and, and Teddy's like not horrible in that offense. Yeah. They've seemed to really build it pretty well to, to suit what he does, but here in Carolina, it just did not work. It was Tim, just... you have to understand, there's a lot of PTSD involving <laughs> last season and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson screaming wide open downfield. It, it seems like Teddy Bridgewater would even see them yep. and then just chooses not to pull the trigger, man. And I, I feel like that was a great juxtaposition for P.J. Walker to come in because I genuinely feel like his aggressive downfield throwing 
that even sparked our defense to turn it up. I mean, the Panthers pitched a shutout that day. Yeah. And I feel like that aggressive nature on offense really kind of lit the whole team on fire. And we were in desperate need of that. Many people wanted PJ to have his chance to take the Rams last year. And that just wasn't going to happen. Teddy Bridgewater made uh, Robbie Anderson a possession receiver. Yep. <laughs> How the hell does that even happen? And thank God, man, uh, Robbie Anderson was tough enough to do it at 162 pounds or whatever he is. Uh, what do you think the mental state is? For, not the mental state. That's a kind of a tough question. And somebody said, you're going into week three of the preseason. Yep. Things have changed, right? We don't have the fourth game. Yeah. We have, uh, we have, a, we have, we, we know it's kind of Darnold or bust in the minds of like, I mean, and that's the NFL. It's the yep. starter or not uh, yeah. until the guy behind him shows that he's a gym. Yep. But, um, we have PJ having a, a really solid performance in his first game. Yep. Then we have Will Greer, and I got to give kudos to Will Greer. I didn't know he had it in him. Yeah, oh, I, I didn't agree. know he had it in him. And the mental fortitude to come in when you know you're kind of already fighting up a, a, an uphill battle yep. against maybe a staff that potentially favors PJ a little bit more because of their yeah. background with him. Um, he really responded in the moment. How do the Carolina Panthers – how did they uh, evaluate in this final game, especially when they're, I guess, planning on giving reps to the starters? How do they – I mean, because it's almost even right yeah. now. And maybe I would say Will Greer pulled a slightly yeah. ahead in that last game. and But it's a close to a wash. How do the Panthers yeah. evaluate this? You mentioned what happens if the guys go down, things like that. Is How does P.J. get the job? Yeah, I think – well, first I think you brought up a great point of – how do they – with the fourth preseason, I'm fascinated what Carolina is doing. Uh, full transparency, I'm flying out to Charlotte to watch the game because I did not think for a second that they were going to play any starters. I'm like, there's no shot. Anybody plays in week three. And rules almost flipped it compared to what the rest of the NFL is doing, which is give some right. guys some series last week and then nobody's playing this week. Um, I also think that's probably a little bit of that college background, which is like, yeah, we'll just do it however we feel like doing it. And this yeah. is what they've decided is best. And – he could care less what the rest of the league does. So you kind of got to respect it. Um, in terms of evaluating that competition, I mean, the thing that you're going to see is – I. this is just my personal take. Whoever goes with the twos, of course, is going to look better. right? I think in terms of going with the threes, P.J. has the most potential to look better because of his escapability. Right? If you get out of the pocket and get in a scramble drill, it doesn't matter who your receiver is if a DB has to cover him for seven seconds. right? Like I could probably still get open. You know, if he's, if I got right, seven right. seconds to work somebody. So I think that's where potentially you could see it. I, I think the Carolina, ro the, the roster makeup is going to be interesting um, in terms of, listen, I don't think, I, I, I hate saying this because it's not like I'm, I'm not trying to speculate or, or make anyone feel one way. I just don't see a world in which you could re-sign PJ to the practice squad. I just right. think there's too many people that saw him in the first preseason game and then win a game and are thinking, you know, there's so many backups in this league right now that I would yeah. drop for, quite frankly, either of those guys. So I think. Yeah, for a guy with mobility and a bazooka, as yeah. Cody Lashney says, if he says he got a bazooka. Yeah. Right? And I, I mean, you know, I think there's there's certain places, too, where he makes a lot of sense. Right. Seattle is a team that I think would target him because you always want those guys to mirror what the starter is. Um, so I think there's different situations. So in terms of 
who they end up keeping. I almost think there's an argument if they really, if they're going into it and they're like, okay, listen, we've got Will Greer graded slightly higher. There's almost the argument to be made to carry three. I know people hate doing that in the modern NFL, but it's well, like we did dude, last year though. We did. Yeah. I don't think this team wants to do it. I thought their no. initial, I think their initial feeling was PJ was the guy. Yeah. And then Will Greer kind of probably made us scratch our heads last week a little bit more. We had a great, I mean, he had a great outing. I thought he was smart with the football. I thought when he needed to, he was aggressive with it. I thought he did a really, really darn good job. And I think it's one of those things that I wouldn't be surprised if all, you know, if I was a coach, I would almost give Will the two reps this week as a like do it again situation. Cause I know what, like I, I potentially, or I, I should feel like I kind of know what PJ can do. Right. I saw him in a regular season game, multiple, and then I saw him in week one with the two. So I almost feel like I'd be more interested if Will Greer does it again. Cause I think if Will Greer does it again, there's an argument to be made that he's the backup. I also think there's a chance that Will Greer goes in and kind of does what he's done in the past. And then it's almost like, okay, now we can evaluate it from there on what we want to do. So I almost think there's an argument to be made if I was on that staff of saying, hey, let's get Will in there first. But in reality, you could let them both run with the two, right? It depends on who else you need to sub in there from who's actually on the roster bubble and who you know you're going to cut. But there's a lot of opportunities to where you could say, listen, hey, these are the guys that we actually just want to go out there. I think they got to give them both a fair shot of, you know, with like a quarter with the twos each. I don't know how you do that, though, if you're going to be playing your starters so much. Do you think PJ t- uh, got um, so? One of the things I was impressed about PJ in the first game was we know his legs are such a threat. Yeah. Um, but he chose, and even uh, I mean, the coach said, I wish he would have gone. And you said it and when you, in your video is, you know, go for the first down, potentially yep. score. But that, that's uh, to me, that's what you do in a, in a game. Yeah. PJ's trying to showcase that he's more than a runner, I thought. Yep. And I thought he was, you know, trying to demonstrate that I have mobility and can deliver. You felt like he uh, got a little nervous in the second game, not nervous or, but like, I felt like there was a couple of times where he just ducked his head a little bit and started kind of running around a little bit and then was trying to look up the throw. Um, How do you, you know, is that something that some people, I think Scott Fitterer said it's because he has kind of trouble seeing over the middle. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it's always hard (laughs) as someone who's been under center nobody can see. I don't care if you're 6'6 or if you're 5'10, you can't see because these guys are 6'6 and then helmet adds four more inches, right? These guys are humongous. So in reality, no one can see. I think what you saw, and I don't want to throw anybody out of the bus, more or less, I think what you saw when I looked at the All-22 this week was just you saw some some routes that had to have been bus, right? There's just no way that Joe Brady would have schemed it up the way. And then I think when you see that as a quarterback, you tend to get the heck out of there. Greer the first week had that where there were yeah. receivers busting routes and Will Greer's get out of there is, hey, he would try to get to the check down or, you know, he'd hang on something and take a sack. That's that's just those twos. Every quarterback has a default of, OK, this route's wrong. What do I do? I think PJ's is I'm going to go ahead and get the heck out of this pocket and see if I can make something happen. And Will's is let me go ahead and try to get to my check down. So I think. You know, that's the challenge, like you're saying, where it's like, man, you'd almost like love to get them both reps with the twos because the challenge is, is when you get some of those younger guys in there that maybe aren't confident with the plays, 
you know, I, how do you grade out a quarterback who, hey, on this, re- uh, you know, on F ship, we want you to read the ship to the shallow and your F runs a corner, uh, you know, at right. that point, how do you grade him out? And I think that's what, I think that's the challenge. So, you know, overall, I think if you're Carolina, I get the, sh- the thought process, which is, hey, we're going to roll Sam out this week, and then we're going to really kind of treat it almost like a game by game. I, so I, I get what they're doing. Um, you know, it's not ideal for the backup quarterback situation, but if we're being honest, like you stated, and, and it's true, until you throw a backup in there and it turns out he's a star, you you really don't care because, you know, yeah. you're built in this league around the first quarterback. So. That's going to be the challenge um, for either of those guys is obviously everything slanted towards, you know, hey, how, what are we going to do to get the most out of Sam? Um, and I think everyone – shoot, man, I'm excited to see what he actually does, right? It was almost like last week it was almost – it sucked just seeing him for a drive. It was a cock tease. Yeah, right? It's yeah. like, you know, that, that. Um, throw a curl and it's like – it just wasn't that – it just wasn't what you wanted. You want to see him go out there and try to execute the offense. So – I, I am excited to see that, um, you know, and I, and I think I do obviously think that Sam is a pretty darn good quarterback who's um, going to a system that I think fits him a heck of a lot better than the Jets did. Yeah, so I, I, two things. I wanted to get to Sam Donald and pick your brain for a moment on him before we, uh, before we leave here tonight. Um, but with PJ, so many people are pulling for him, partly because yeah. Will Greer – still hasn't done anything to really ingratiate himself to his fan base. I mean, he hasn't won out the backup job um, any, any time here. He was drafted in 2019 and we've still wanted to see some progress from him that we feel like we haven't seen. You know, we couldn't be out Taylor Heineke, Kyle Allen, Teddy Bridgewater and, you know, PJ Walker. So if PJ Walker's coming in and looking good, showing, the ability to move the ball downfield. I've been 100% on, on team PJ. I would be happy if PJ uh, won out and did end up becoming the backup quarterback for the Panthers. I think a lot of fans are, are pulling for that, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Um, but you, you brought up Sam Darnold, and we'd be remiss if we didn't at least bring this up um, and pick your brain on this. Yeah. We're all, you know, Panther fans are kind of split on this because they see all the terrible film that he produced with the Jets, and they think, well, that's going to be the guy that we're going to get here. Are, are you a, one of the people that buys into the idea that, you know, the Panthers have the weapons, the offensive coordinator, and just the overall coaching staff that Sam Darnold needed his entire time in the NFL? Do you think this is the place that might be able to help reinvent his career? Yeah, I think it's a – Cody, I think that's a great question. I I, I really believe, and, and I don't want this to I don't want this to worry Panther fans. I really think this is feast or famine. I think it's either going to be such a knockout home run to where you're going to be sitting there and Sam's going to be a 35 TD and 10 interception yes. guy, or it's going to be, you know, he's going to be the aggressive guy that he's been in the past and careless at times, and it's going to it's not going to be pretty. The thing that I would tell you too, and this is this is just based on witnessing what Carolina ran last year, Joe Brady doesn't necessarily ease quarterbacks into games with his calling, right? Joe Brady tends to 
be very aggressive like he was at, with Joe Burrow in, in college, which again, right, we all know the college game and pro game is a heck of a lot different. So I, I right. as a play caller, he's been around the NFL a majority of his career, but as a play caller, he's tends to be very, very aggressive. And a guy like Darnold, you almost want to me, you almost want to ease him into ball games because it's like he's he's naturally going to be aggressive. So I think it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting dynamic. But I do think there's I see a world in which Sam goes off because let's not forget what everyone was talking about when he was coming out of USC. And the kid's not that different. He just went and played for Adam Gaze, who I got to be honest, from a play calling perspective, Adam Gaze has gotten a lot of jobs because he coached Peyton Manning. Right. You go ahead and give. Yeah, that's the only reason he has a job. Yeah, Bring me, you know, take me and I'll drop me into an NFL team, but give me Peyton in his prime. Or at You'll the end do okay. Of way, I <laughs> think we'll be okay. French fries. I'd show up French fries. I'd be yeah. like, I'll do what that guy says. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think, you know, I do think it's going to be an interesting situation with Sam. I, I do see a world in which he's very successful. I think what Teddy said about Carolina is somewhat concerning in terms of the structure of the week and things like that. But you also don't know if that's, you also don't know if that's a, a young, a new staff adjusting to COVID, if it's just a new staff's philosophy together, or if it's a guy who's a little bit bitter on his way out. So I think there's different ways to look at it, but that would be the only thing that I'd tell you that I think would be concerning at all when you look at it is I do think Sam's a guy who you need to situationally work hard at practice with because I, I think that he struggled at times with coverage recognition that should have been kind of base. Um, but I think if he gets that drilled into him or he feels like he's playing with confidence, I think obviously the sky's the limit for that kid. I have a question, but here, I got to do this first. Is we uh-huh. do not listen to this person. I am sorry. That Tadisha has no credence on this podcast. If you dress up like that, you're an NFL quarterback. Good God, Tim, we, don't, we, don't, we don't even know if we want to believe him because yeah. that part of it is like, it's like, okay, are, are NFL coaches really just choosing to neglect red zone offense? Like, is that really what we're doing? Or you know, I don't know how much you followed it last year, but Panther fans felt like there were many times when Teddy Bridgewater would throw other players and coaches under the bus for yeah. his own poor performance. So we're at Panther fans, like we're kind of scratching our heads here. It's like, is he giving a legitimate criticism of something that we genuinely don't do enough? Or is he trying to put flower petals over a pile of, of doo-doo? You yeah. know, it's like we, we really don't know which one The truth one lies somewhere in the middle. The truth lies somewhere in the middle probably, and that is it's a COVID season. Right. You have more limitations on practice than you have at any point. Right. You've you're trying to protect your players from not from being sit sit out from sitting out and different things. But I've been saying this forever. I've been to only as a witness from the outside looking in at training camps when they say they go they go practice for two hours, two hours. And they run the route like one time. One time it's like, got it, moving on. That's not <laughs> practice. They're not doing it over and over and over again. Like it is, and that's where it's kind of the toughest, the toughest game are, is for the bubble guy, yep. right? Because they only get one chance to run the route. 
they get one chance to make the play. Like, so PJ stock was soaring after week one and uh, he comes out there playing from behind, right. Having to try to be aggressive, yep. probably on his mind that Will Greer had a good game too. Yep. Right. And uh, he had a limited opportunity. So uh, you know what is Teddy Bridgewater gets plenty of opportunity. I ain't got, I don't listen to D to, to yep. D. <laughs> I don't listen to D. I also but think. I a, go ahead. No, I also think that you're right in terms of, you know, it is probably somewhere in the middle and you never know. He, you know, when he was in Minnesota, they might've worked situational football at an exponentially high rate or, or new Orleans did that. So then when he got here and it was just simply at a lower rate, it felt like we don't work it at all. So I think, you know, I think there's a lot of factors when you're listening to those guys. Um, But I do think just specifically to Sam Darnold, I think the coaches, need to skew heavier situationally than maybe just the 20 to 20 plays. Yeah. First, uh, first year on the job for these guys too. I mean, and let's, uh, and I want to remember that for Joe Brady is that while he's had some experience with some organizations, he's never been the dude. Yeah. uh, Oh yeah. And like, listen, if you're being honest about, you know, what's gotten him to this point is he had Burrow and all those receivers at LSU and again, they did great, and he taught, and he was an amazing teacher. But we're acting like this guy's got ten years of coordinator experience. So I do think you got to, you know, you're going to ease into and have some growing pains as you're learning that stuff. But I also think you're going to see some really innovative stuff come out of there, and that's the point is, and why you do opt for a guy like that versus maybe a recycled guy who's been through the league a bunch. I have a uh, unpopular opinion on this podcast about playing the starters in the preseason. We came out, we didn't play our starters at all uh, in week one, and I was fine with it. We go in and we play in one series or whatever in a wonderful situation, right? Like a turnover. You only got to go. I am, my unpopular opinion is this, is I don't think we should play the starters at all. Yeah. In the entire preseason, you've been in these preseasons. You've been with guys that have been in the league for a while that are going to be on. We've seen, I know stars and I know it's like an extreme example. Aaron Rodgers hasn't played a preseason game in forever. Yep. How much competitive advantage is there in the Panthers gaining that? All right. So if they go out and play their starters on offense for the first half uh, in this third preseason game, versus the alternate which would be playing them not at all in my mind yeah how much competitive advantage versus disadvantage are you truly getting there you think so i think i mean i let me uh let me give you my true take which is i actually think nfl players are getting more preseason reps than they ever have it's just in a controlled environment with joint practices we are seeing joint practices at an all-time high and i think it's coaches saying you know what this is as good as my guys playing in the preseason. I just don't have to worry about my quarterback tearing his knee, right? Like that's the reality of it. So I almost think they're getting even more reps than say back in the day when you saw dudes playing in the fourth quarter in the third preseason game, because they're getting those hundred practice reps against other teams. Ones that's just as good. So I think, you know, if you were to say, Hey Tim, there's no more joint practice. I would, wholeheartedly disagree and say they've got to play in the preseason with knowing how much joint practice there is now and how many teams are open to the idea now I almost think that's the way that NFL is going to go which is we're going to get to a point in my opinion in which there's only two preseason games 
there's four weeks of joint practice and the two preseason games are really for the second and third string guys. I, I really think that's where the NFL is going to trend. Uh, you know, especially once you start, if you think about it, think about the Patriots. The Patriots have always been on the forefront of joint practice. Like they've been the teams always pushing for joint practice. And then Tom Brady was the guy barely ever playing. So I, I think they were onto something a while ago. And I do think, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's tough for me to justify and say, hey, let's sit Sam Darnold when you still see Patrick Mahomes take the field, right? It's like one of those things like, okay, if he's still going out there, maybe you should suit up. But I just think it's one of those things that if they're getting enough reps in joint practice, you don't need to play them. Right. How much rest does it truly knock off? How much yeah. rest? I saw somebody, uh, and this was strange to me, is I saw somebody in one of these the Twitter, we have these group chats with all these yeah. people that create content. And he was like, uh, because we're not playing Christian McCaffrey in the third yeah. game. And he's like, man, I really want him to hit, you know, hit the pads a couple of times just to feel the contact and, and to give him some confidence about not getting hurt or something like that. For me, is this is that like uh, these guys have been playing this game their whole entire lives? Yep. Right? Is that like is it truly how? All I would say is this: What did that one series for Sam Darnold and them really do? Yeah, like I. So I have an issue. I, I would tell you, I haven't. I don't agree with. Oh, I would never play a guy one series. To me, that's just like asking for something to happen, and the reward is really nothing. I would never do that. Right. I would, I would probably be, I would have probably been in the camp of play them the first quarter in the second game this year. That would have been my strategy, okay. which is nothing one quarter and then nothing, and we're rolling. And I would have done a, a shiz ton of joint practice. That would have been my strategy as a coach. Um, you know, I, how much like Christian McCaffrey does he need to knock the rust off? No, the dude knows what it feels like to get hit. In terms of timing in your passing game or blitz pickups and things like that. There's nothing quite like a game for a quarterback. Um, But again, you know, it's like one of those things. And do you even care if you're rusty in week one? Like, I know that you want to have a clean game, but does it really matter? Is everybody rusty in week one? That's what I would say is that no matter all the teams we look around the leagues, we always say this, defenses are ahead of offenses in the early in the season. Yep. Right. And we also the first week of NFL football is not the sharpest. And also considering we played the Jets first and it seems like every day they lose another defensive player. So it's like, yeah, your point's taken. If you know, why do you need them to be full bore by week one or two? Like, you know, if anything, the Panthers kind of have a soft schedule to open up our season anyway. So, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I also think like, you know, there's other ways to look at this. And, you know, I was joking with somebody the other day of why not let your starters play the the third quarter in game two and just treat it like Alabama does when they schedule bum university. <laughs> That's actually an awesome idea. Like why not just take them out there and let them light up the twos, feel really good and put up, you know, 14 points and then pull them out and just treat it like Alabama, you know, and all these – Big time schools doing the first two weeks. So to me, the I think fans would be going fucking nuts. Yeah, you just sit there. And <laughs> and gonna win and Super Bowl. After halftime, Sam Darnold comes in. Like I, I think there's other ways that you could look at it and stra- and and work through preseason to try to limit and try to make your guys as safe as possible while still giving them. You know, there is there's something different about being at Bank of America Stadium 
with another jersey, right? There's something different about that, and you want them to get that visual. But, again, we're talking about guys that get paid millions of dollars to do their job. And they're not rookies, most of them. They're not rookies. They've been in that environment. Um, What are your thoughts on the Teddy Bridgewater lock? Yeah, I mean, competition. I mean, it's, it's, it's because it's, for us, it's lock is that, yeah, tired of Teddy Bridge. Jerry Judy is gonna have to sit there and take a damn, he's gonna have to drink a cup of coffee waiting on that football to get to him. It's pretty crazy right now in Denver. Denver's uh going pretty wild about this QB comp. Here's what I here's what I'd say on just and this is just only based off what he's done in Denver. I obviously watched him when he was in Carolina too, so I think I have a little more biased maybe against Teddy than most in this market. No, you're just more informed. Yeah. <laughs> what I would tell you is both of them played well when they played with the starters. Drew, when he was with the twos, played slightly better. And Teddy really with the backup showed that willingness to get to the check down despite something else being there. So I think when you factor that in, to me, the answer is Drew. And I also think you know, if two guys are neck and neck, and this is kind of where I'd probably say I, I feel like PJ, I, I would lean PJ is I view when two guys are neck and neck or the skew is maybe one or 2%, I always go with the guy who I feel like has more upside. And I feel like Drew in Denver is that guy with upside. Thank and you. I feel like if I were in Carolina, and of course I'm biased, but I feel like if if you've got two backups that you feel like are somewhat even – you know, I'd go with the guy that I feel like is going to be able to provide more explosive plays or maybe has a higher upside. So that's where I feel like the edge in Denver is for Drew. The caveat is, man, you know, we've got Vic Fangio out here who couldn't be more old school defensive minded. He might look at Teddy and say, cool, throw the shallow all you want because we're going to only give up six points, which in my opinion would be a mistake when you look at our division. I think it's going to be yeah, it's going to be tough to hold yeah. back Holmes, Derek Carr, and Justin Herbert. Yeah, there ain't no 12-point games in that division. You know what's interesting is Mike Zimmer's a defensive coach, yep. right? And he's put out some great defenses in Minnesota. He came out and criticized and was critical of not being able to push the ball down the field. He said, yep. all these five-year passes, yeah, they work, but it's going to take 20 of them to get us there. Yep. And so we, that's a defensive coach saying that. So I, I am – I'm a, I, I don't like Tadisha. I know I, like, that's the thing. Uh, have you got a chance to look at the rookie quarterbacks around the league? Yeah, I've watched, Lance, Zach Wilson. Any yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I've watched and graded all of them. Listen, I think Zach Wilson clearing away has been playing the best. Um, you know, limited sample size, right? He's only played about five series, but I do think he's clearing away, taking the best. And I think the guy right now who's at the end of it is Trey Lance. And I think Trey Lance, the best way I could describe it is he's Jekyll and Hyde. Because there are times where it's like, oh, my God, this kid hasn't played football in 18 months. And then there are times where you go, you know, good Lord, that was an absolute shot. So I think Trey Lance, in my opinion, is probably still a year away. Um, A lot of that has to do with the fact that Jimmy G, for as much as people love to clown on him, he's not the worst quarterback I've ever seen on tape. So it's Mm -hmm. like they're still somewhat effective. And do you want to really turn a guy free who's actually going to be able to potentially take your offense backwards? That's the question. The thing in Chicago that's different and why I'm an advocate of turn Justin Fields free is because Andy Dalton ain't doing anything for you. So in the world in which it's like our offense goes from anemic to, hey, maybe I can make a play, go with the young guy. And that's where I think Justin Fields has done well. And then Mac Jones, man, Mac Jones is – it's interesting because – 
Cam Newton traveling away from the facility, whatever the hell happened, is going to cost him his starter job. Yeah, is going to give this kid an opportunity. And if there's one guy who it's been proven hates when you go outside of the building, like listen, Bill Belichick had Tom Brady, and what by all accounts drove the wedge between them was the, the doctor. Fact that Tom Brady brought Alex Guerrero around. Whoever that guy is, yep. the wit doctor. Yep, and 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 that's what really like started driving the wedge. So now imagine that you're not Tom Brady with what six Super Bowls for Belichick, and you're Cam Newton. I could only imagine how pissed off Belichick is right now that he went away from the facility for a procedure or whatever the hell he did, and then came back, and now he's in COVID protocol. So that's what the thing where it's like Mac Jones. He is kind of he's doing exactly what we thought he would do, which is he's limited from an arm strength perspective, but he's making good decisions in the pass and run game and. You know, does he all of a sudden end up winning the job there? It's it's fascinating. But I do I, – I honestly – I can't remember a rookie class that I feel like kind of graded out this well early. And, again, it's preseason. What about Trevor? How about this? Uh, all yeah. of that, and I didn't even – I forgot his damn name. I know the Jacksonville Jaguars were so bad on their offensive line. How is, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, is he this transcend? is he transcendent uh, by, like, guarantee – or is he finally running into the buzzsaw of reality of the NFL and that you don't play on a good team anymore? I mean, I think, listen, I, you know, Trevor has been a guy who is interesting to me because he's almost always been above reproach, right? Like, I, I was a little he critical. He doesn't even care about winning. Like, yeah, the dude's I was, like this. He's like, I don't even uh, watch that was football. Over like, what the fuck? You don't watch football. <laughs> I mean, I was a little critical of him in the draft prep or in the lead up to the draft, and people were like, oh, okay. And it's like, well, here's the film. I'm not, like, talking out of my butt. I, I, I tried to break down the film so everyone could see it. I do think in reality he's facing an uphill battle. I think I think there's times in every game this preseason where you can see why he went number one and why people are so impressed with him. Um, yeah, the reality is is now you're on a team that's not very good. Listen, it's going to be a change for Urban Meyer too. I can't tell you a time that I remember Urban Meyer's team being bad. So I think it's going to be tough on both those guys because neither of those guys have lost very much in their career. Um and it's going to be a challenge this year in Jacksonville. It's not, you know, they're not going to turn that thing around in a year. Um, so it's going to be really interesting. I think he's played, he's played okay. I don't have him above Zach or Justin or Mac Jones, honestly, from, from his grade. But again, how much of that is they're not trying to show their scheme? How much of that is, you know, the players around him? Those are all factors, but all you can do is kind of grade what's on tape. And, and he made some, some pass game decisions that weren't ideal in weeks one and two. When you fly into Charlotte uh, this weekend, or Friday, because it's a Friday night game, yep. uh, what are you going to tell PJ? Oh, I'm just going to say, keep go. The biggest thing that me and PJ talk about, and I, I talk about with any of our guys, right? We have a kid at Iowa who's in a QB competition, a kid at Nebraska, is stay focused on your process. Because the worst thing we could do, and and I don't want to like start preaching, but the worst thing we could do as human beings as a whole is look at someone else and then start to compare our reality, right, to their highlight reel. We do it with social media all the time, right? We get on Instagram, we see a picture, and we and then we, we look and we're like, man, I'm in sweats watching Netflix, and this dude's doing something cool. That's their highlight reel. We, as, if we as humans, and, and specifically quarterbacks, just stay involved in our process, we're always going to get to better results than if we start saying – and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened for P.J. where Will Greer goes out there and does really well and then he presses, right? If we can do the best 
of our ability to get our blinders on and just know if I stay engaged in my own process, it's going to lead me to more success. It is. And, and, you know, I told PJ, I said, listen, man, I'm going to be honest with you. There was no, this is what I told him after the game, which was stay in, stay in your process. Don't let the outside influence come in because there was no one I saw have a better two play stretch than you in week one. And if we can get that consistently, man, it can look really special on tape. So I think that's where it's going to be. And, you know, I'm bringing my son who's, who's four now. He was a newborn when PJ was, you know, living in our basement doing draft prep. So Max, super excited to watch Uncle PJ play because he just thinks of him as some dude who comes and stays at our house, right? He doesn't know that it's PJ Walker <laughs> and how many people think he's cool. Mac thinks it's the guy who plays, you know, Nerf guns with him in the basement. So to me, it's it's more of, you know, going out there and having a little bit of fun and and and, and watching a kid and and the, the relationship just changes so much as a coach when you really see these guys. And I think Cody mentioned it, how much, you know, fans pull for him. How could you not? You know, when you hear the guy yeah. talk, he's a, he's a great kid. When you think about his story in Indianapolis, all of us can relate to a time in, in our life where it was like we just kept getting defeated, right? Cut, resign, cut, resign. We've all been through those kind of seasons and then to see a kid go to the XFL and then come back, I think it's just something everybody can relate to. And I think that's why, you know, nothing against Will Greer, right? But when when a guy has a story like that, a lot of fans are going to relate to it because, shoot, man, we've all been punched in the face a bunch. And then to bounce back and, you know, it's a it's a, it's a cool thing to watch. And, and you know, I, I, for Panther fans, right, I'm, I'm hoping they just find the best-case scenario, whether it's Greer or P.J., um, but it's going to be fun is to it watch possible, it. Is it truly possible to just stick to your process at this point? Like, because I cannot imagine how much pressure, because there's such a limited opportunity. Imagine yeah. if I went into my job, I'm 12 years uh, being a historian, like I teach history at a community yeah. college. If I was evaluated on one class yeah. at one moment, uh, I would I would be working at the grocery store. And uh, so, like, fortunately, I think PJ's background and his experience with the XFL, with other teams, probably have, have conditioned him to be better suited for this moment. But the pressure's got to be there. Oh, yeah. I, I, think I mean, he there. wants this. I mean, he's out yeah. there fighting so hard. You know yeah. that you, you want, like, when you go up for a job interview, you want it. Yeah. And you're disappointed when you don't get it. How is it possible uh, when the lights come, when, when you hit, say, hike or whatever the hell you say, yep. Yep. <laughs> is it possible to mentally block that pressure out a little? Yeah, I think, to be to be honest, I, I think, no, it's not possible to block it all out. I think you can train yourself to be as neutral as possible in the moment, meaning, right. hey, I cannot change anything that's happened, and I have no idea what the heck's going to happen next but I'm going to run the shit out of twins, right? Gun scat, right? F shit. Right. And I think that's what you want to train these guys to do is, is be as neutral as possible. Listen, and it's not just a quarterback lesson. It's something that, you know, our company has, you know, 25 people that work in it. Now it's something we all try to do. I try to stay neutral in the moment all the time, because if I'm worried about, you know, what people are saying on Twitter or, you know, what the heck's happening at home with our three kiddos, right? We, we do a disservice to everyone. And same thing when you get home, right? If you're on your phone and not engaged with the kids, you're doing a disservice. So we try to train these guys to be as neutral as possible. Of course, 
when a guy goes out before you, you're going to see him do well. Um, but I do think I would almost sit in a locker room. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even want to see this. I got to go yeah. meditate or something. Yeah. And that's what, and you know, that's also the challenge of not only being in the quarterback competition, but just the backup role in general, right. As you start to see the flow of the game, you know, and then all of a sudden you're the starter gets knocked out of the game. It's usually not under ideal circumstances. So then right. you're going in there and it's like, <laughs> you know, you better luck, be neutral. Uh, good yep. luck. What do you think about Matt Rule as uh, in his transition to the NFL? I, here's the thing that I'll tell you about Coach Rule. Every time that I've seen something put out on him, whether it's a Twitter little hype video or whatever, I can't help but like the guy. I feel like I'd really love to play for him. What I think you always need to, what I think the question always becomes it, with the college guys is how good, how much do they struggle with the less time with the players? Because when you're in college, you get these kids all the time. You deck out, listen, so Clemson, right? They have the barber shop, They have the video game. Why do they do that? It's not, oh, it's not just for recruits. It's because then you incentivize the kids to be there. You know where they're at. It's like me. When my kids get older, I want our house to be the cool house because that yeah. way, if they're drinking beer, or doing whatever, at least I know. Reason. You know what I mean? At least, hey, they're at my place and I know what they're doing versus somewhere that I don't know. So I think that's an adjustment for the college coaches who's used to knowing at Temple, I knew exactly where these guys were. At Baylor, I knew where these guys were. And now it's like I get them for work and then they head home. So I think that's going to be the challenge for him is can he continue to adapt his program and, and the way he builds his culture to the pro game versus the college game where he was at. Cody, you got anything else? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was wanting to, to say, you know, I think the, you know, the fact that uh, uh, PJ Walker went to temple bodes well in his favor. It's like a, it's like a well-known thing here. If you yep. went to Baylor or if you went to Temple, Matt Rule really likes you. So yep. we we uh, and we if think... you were drafted by Marty Herney, he doesn't like you. Yeah, yeah, true. So hey, all the cards, all the cards are really on on PJ's table right now. Well, it's um, not even just that. It's even like number one, Will Greer has a loss in the regular season for the Panthers and PJ Walker has a win for the Panthers. Yep. And on top of that, I think most people prefer as if in the fandom of the Carolina Panthers prefer PJ over will. So even if there is a slight edge from a, like a, a, the, the, the skill set or, you know, what, the, whatever they're looking for, I think they also have to look at the marketability of the guy as well. And if you, if you pick Will Greer, you're going to have a, a lot of people very unhappy. But the, the other thing, too, is that the Panthers, are the big question mark is not whether or not who's winning these jobs. It's how the hell is our offensive line going to be this year? And yeah. uh, at the very um, best, we're thinking we want our if our offensive line is average or yeah. above average, we're in good damn shape. But yeah. there's a good chance it's not that. Yeah. And all of a sudden. You then PJ gives you some opportunity, yep. you know, and like you said, when the backup comes in, it's not usually in good circumstances. Yeah. And I, that's kind of, you know, where I, what I would come at it from, which is listen, if the backup's coming in, he probably hasn't gotten that many reps. So are we going to really feel like he's going to run the timing off timing of this offense? Well, or are right. we just hoping, Hey, he can get in there and make some, you know, it, for, 
for lack of a better movie reference, some Willie Beeman like plays, right? To go out there like yeah. any given Sunday and see if we can Love figure out how to movie. make this thing happen. So, yeah, um, you know, I and but I do think I, I, you know, I, I think Carolina. The thing that's nice, and this is specifically because he's my client, right? The thing that's nice is PJ's done enough to where I'm not worried about him getting an opportunity in the NFL, right? If it doesn't work out in Carolina, so from that aspect, it makes me a little more comfortable as a coach. With that being said, I'd love for him to be in Carolina. You know, he just got a place there. He loves it. He like every time I'm out there, he, or every time and he's he knows Denver, rule. He, he knows rule, man. Yeah, he knows Matt Rule, and Matt Rule likes him. Yeah. All right, Cody. Any last we've held Tim. Tim has been so gracious with his time. <laughs> uh, I I heard you had eight thousand subscribers now on YouTube. Yeah, you I've should got have twenty eight thousand subscribers with the work you do on those. I feel like I'll sit there with my popcorn and just I like a notebook taking notes. Cody, any final questions for Tim before we let him go or else we'll keep him all night? No, I just want to thank Tim and, and, and encourage everyone to look at his channel. I loved all your breakdowns on the draft prospects um, coming out. And listen, I'm a Clemson fan. So, yep. And I even, I even agree with your criticisms <laughs> of, uh, of, uh, of Trevor too. So, yep. Um, yeah, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, I love insight from the quarterback position. That's part of the reason why I love football, that commander general position, having to read the defense, having to have the arm and the guts to make every throw. I love it. I think you do tremendous work. And, uh, yeah, everybody check out Tim, man. I appreciate it. And uh, your brother is actually – this is a longtime person in the chat room, So, but I'm going to call him your brother because his name his last name is Jenkins. Oh, I love and it. Said, he said this. Let me hear you say it. Witness the Walker wonder. He always calls Witness in. the Walker <laughs> wonder. I love it. I love it, John. <laughs> uh, so, hey, guys, uh, I appreciate you. Tell us how they can – tell everybody where they can find uh, not only Jenkins Elite, but also the YouTube breakdowns and all the stuff you're going to do. Like, you're going to come in, and you're going to probably do one on Sam Darnold, yep. and we're going to pump it up for you. <laughs> next week i shoot i might have to just do a weekly breakdown and then come on here and bs with you guys once a week so we're down for it man we're down for it the the youtube channel is all things qb and you know i've been starting to try to do two different breakdowns one like off the tv copy that's like a little shorter and and maybe for a fan who is interested in the x's and o's but not really that interested and then one on the coach's tape that's that's really in depth and trying to talk people through concepts so you can follow on there or you can follow me on Twitter. And I try to answer as many questions as I can. Lately, it's been uh, the mentions are tough at times. So if I, <laughs> it's a little toxic. So I try to not look at it. But, mm. um, you know, I, I try to answer any actual football questions. How, I appreciate how you guys having you, me on. How dare you be an expert in this field and talk about quarterbacks that are actually have their tape being shown and everything you're saying be validated by that? Come on. Now. <laughs> yeah. I always laugh because. You know, recently on my Twitter timeline, people have gone from vaccine experts to foreign policy experts to quarterback experts. Uh, I don't wonder how everyone it. has the time, but we're all uh, we're all here. <laughs> so oh, I appreciate so you guys. Much. Hey, Tim, yeah, you have man. a good one, buddy. Tim, you've you. been a fantastic guest. You're welcome anytime, and we will probably bug you more than you want. Hey, I can't wait. I can't wait. I appreciate you guys. Have a great night. All things quarterback. Follow him at Tim Jenkins, uh, T Jenkins Elite. Wow, man. Uh, you know what is uh not only is he just a cool guy, right? Is just a straight cool. How about that? He gave us 
almost 45 minutes, over 45 minutes. Super cool Wonderful. guest, really nice, but also you love it when the guest is just super knowledgeable and they know what they're talking about and they can and provide they say they'll some. Come back. Yeah, and yeah, and they like us. They don't think that we're a bunch of dickheads. Yeah, he's cool, man. Uh, yeah, especially someone like that that can give genuine insight um, to right. a very important, very uh, talked about player on our football team. So yeah, love Tim Jenkins. We'll definitely be having him on. I'm sure he'll break down some Sam Darnold film uh, on his channel at some point in time, and and we'll have him back to talk then, man. Great to hear from Tim. Um, hold on, I'm pulling it up because I want to make sure I get it perfect. This is the I'm dropping this link in the chat right now. This is straight to my man's Twitter page. His handle is T Jenkins Elite on Twitter. I want all of y'all in the chat to go say, I loved Tim Jenkins, all things quarterback on the C3 Panthers podcast. Can't wait to hear him again. Go do that. It's free. It's free. And you know what? That'll bring mugs back. That will bring you like them because we like everybody. The chat needs to do that. Go follow Tim Jenkins. Say we loved your talk on the C3 Panthers podcast. Can't wait to hear you again. That'll help us a ton. And real quick, uh, I didn't I didn't want to interrupt our guest, but we have to give a big shout out to Grim Reaper for a ten dollar love bomb that he sent to us and keep pounding C three. And then Ken Folk NC sent us twenty bucks and Man. just no no message, just showing love. So shout out to the homies for showing love and support uh, to what we're doing here, man. And click the like and subscribe if you like the content that we're putting out, man. Shout Look out, at Isaac. <laughs> Look at Isaac Irvin, CK. He said, we trust in Rap Mule. <laughs> right, uh, the number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next cat call. You can be a part of the longest running Panthers podcast because every Tuesday night we get up here and we don't shut the F up about the Panthers. Whether we're right, wrong, we always love them and we always hate them at the same time. 252-228-5098. And fuck Tadisha. In the... <laughs> this is... Uh, I'm calling them from San Diego. Calling you guys on my break here. Wanted to uh, touch in with you guys really quick before my next Zoom meeting. <laughs> but what do you guys think of uh, the Robbie Anderson extension, man? We've seen a lot of... Uh, a lot of mixed mixed reviews on Twitter, and I, I personally think people are kind of freaking out for no reason. I yeah. think uh, I think Scott Fitter did a hell of a job with the signing. I think the numbers are fantastic; they're team friendly, and I think um, it's for the right amount of time. When you think about it, um, we're going to pay Robbie now, and then by the time his his contract expires, we'll have uh, Terrace and Shai Smith ready to go for the for their contract. So I think this is perfect. Like we're getting a bargain. Uh, for what we have, and it also doesn't affect B.J. Moore's um, potential contract coming up. Um, Scott said even mentioned that, so I think we should be pretty excited, man. We have a hell of a chance to have a core base for our offense of some of the best weapons we've seen probably ever in our in our young in our young history. So we got nothing to look up to, nothing but to uh, nothing but success to look up to, honestly, man. Um, I think Sam Darnold is probably gonna 
have a great year. He has no he has no excuses, so it's all on him at this point. But yeah, man, if that defense comes out firing like they have in the preseason, man, I think playoffs is the first step for us. I think we're we should be in the conversation for playoffs. But um, I just wanted to see your guys' opinion on that. Uh, looking forward to the show tonight. Um, also want to give some kudos to Scott Fitterer. I think he's becoming one of my favorite um, one of my favorite members of this front office. Um, I love Phil Snow. I think he's doing a hell of a job. He's probably our best coach. But other than that, I think Scott Fitterer has probably been the best addition to this team or to this organization in a long time. Anyway, uh, let me know what you guys think, man. Looking forward to, uh, to watching you guys later tonight. But go Panthers. Keep pounding. Peace. Keep pounding, man. And real quick, shout out to our boy, the man that was here with the $20 love bomb. Shout out oh, to yeah. fam. Keep pounding. And we appreciate you, sir. Listen, I I feel like every week I get messages from people who are hitting me up and telling me how much they love the show. I know, uh, you know, Chad Morales tagged us on Twitter, you know, talking about how much he loved listening to us. So, listen, we love that you guys love the content. We do it for y'all. Yeah, we we love doing this right here, man. We do it for y'all. And we do it for these Carolina Panthers, man. We all come together. And support our team, and you gotta love and it, do man. that, folks. Is do that if you listen to the show on a podcast later on, if you check it out on YouTube, that shout out on Twitter makes our day. I'll be retweeting, you know what I mean? Like, and then it's and that's another way to turn people onto the show. One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. To answer the caller's question, yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about Robbie earlier. Overall, I'm happy with the deal. Um, I'm happy with it because I, I really think that if we're going to pay a receiver, that receiver needs to be DJ Moore. But I'm not happy with um, a a two-year deal that's basically $14 million and some change. I think we're going to be able to move on from it fairly well after um, after his time is up. But again, I think he's an important part of the Panthers' offensive identity and what they want to be this year on offense and just having that aggressive downfield vertical attack. I think Robbie Anderson is pivotal to that. So, you know, also knowing that he was going to be a free agent after this year, if you sign him now, you, you show him some love and say, Hey, look, we're building something and we think that you're a very important part of it. And we want you to be a leader in this locker room. Um, uh, He also mentioned in his interview today, that Sam Donald being the quarterback was a big reason of him staying here. Uh, it was It's a quarterback that he's comfortable with, that he believes in, and he really does think that Sam Donald uh, is going to have a big year this year. So that guy plays on the same team as Sam. He catches football from Sam. I'm entitled to believe him. And as I mentioned earlier, it doesn't stop us from signing DJ Moore later on down the road. Exactly. I didn't I didn't think I would be in favor of re-signing Robbie Anderson, but yeah, I think this is a really good deal. Uh How about by Scott this, is that it might not be the great like I mean you could have we could go back in the future and look at this and say we sank a little bit too much into a second a number two receiver. Uh we could have maybe found a Marvin Jones or something on free agency that could do it for seven. But it's also not the worst, right? And uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, DJ actually produced, man. Like, give D—I mean, not DJ. Give me, give Robbie Anderson some fucking credit 
Oh, yeah. Producing last season. Over a and thousand again, hours. I know I've, I've said it 10 times on this show already. He produced in an offense that was not suited for him. Right. You know, he yeah. and that's kind of the uh, the the ultimate team player there is they asked him to go over the middle and shit because Teddy couldn't throw it deep. You know, uh, so that was about, you know, and he held up and I understand why he wants to get paid. Uh, not the worst deal. And I love that he wears number 11. I think I'm buying the jersey. All right, let's go to the next. Yeah. Call. Yo, guys, it's Nick. How's it going? Nick! Happy Tuesday. My Friday free-for-all co-host. Too bad that we aren't having a show on Friday, but figured I'd weigh my thoughts on uh, week two preseason game and the Robbie Anderson signing. Um, Week two preseason game was abysmal. The fact that we didn't get a single touchdown, it's, uh, it's pretty terrible. Now, I didn't watch the second half, and after seeing the score, I'm happy that I didn't but it one PJ being one for one for eight or one for ten however many snaps he played like that's that's ridiculous he was off you know he was off I need to go back and watch the tape but I mean we've always said that PJ hasn't necessarily been the most accurate it's it's almost like we have two Joey Slides on the team we have a Joey Sly as a kicker and then a Joey Sly as a backup quarterback. Oh. You know, and that that's just not going to work. That's a I mean, dagger I, right there. I've been the biggest PJ supporter out there. But if he has a showing like that in the third week in the third preseason game, the dude's as good as gone. Yeah, he can't afford I, that. I guess he? I have been wrong. I guess this might be Will Greer's last year. I mean, Cody would have to double check, but I thought Will Greer might have had one more year after this. But if this is his last year, I wouldn't expect him to stay on the roster after this year either. At least I don't think he he deserves it. But uh, last thing is the Robbie Anderson signing. Um, I'm honestly not a fan of it. Mm. I feel like DJ should have been signed first. DJ deserved it. And, I mean, I get, I get the connection between Matt Rule and Robbie, but I'm just – I'm not a fan of the signing, especially not for the amount of money. You know, I feel like that was a lot of money, and now it's going to hurt hurt us in the long run as far as who we, who we can sign. You know, you got to think we're coming up on getting ready to sign Brian Burns. You know, I know it's another year or two out, but I mean, we got some key players that we're going to have to sign. And on top of that, a lot of the a lot of the signings that we did this offseason, we pushed all the money in next year. You know, we got I mean, time with DJ. I know we don't have too many uh, multi-year players that we signed, but we pushed a lot of the money between restructuring and the new signs into next year, and that's going to hurt us in the long run. So I'm not really a huge fan. I mean, I like Robbie, but you know, I hope fair. he, come, I hope he comes to like the uh, the grass that we play on because I know you are <laughs> a big fan of us sw- uh, swapping up the turf. But which he should because he's tracked. Track store. Great. Uh, Nick, you know what is that uh, I've been kind of rooting for the Robbie. I've liked Robbie Anderson a lot since he got here. Um, so, but I think you bring some valid points up, right? So, I yeah. mean, and it's fair. They're fair points is we did sink some significant costs into this. I think the good news is, is the length of the deal, right? Is that you're getting a guy who you're saying this is, you've done a lot for us. We're trying to take care of you too. 
And he is not going to, as long as he, you know, his fear is probably getting hurt this year and uh, going and laying it out all on the line and then being tossed to the wayside. Now he can kind of go lay it out on the line and feel comfortable about eating next year. So, um, I, but I do think he brings up a lot of points, uh, good points, but DJ Moore, we got some time with him. You know, we have the right. luxury of time. Um, you know, one of the things I did want to bring up before we go to the next call, Cody, did your, did you, uh, did your side of your lips touch your ears when uh, Tim Jenkins said uh, this is feast or famine for Sam Darnold? Oh, yeah, dude. Because, I mean, you know, I, I've been saying this for, what, how long now? That there is no mediocrity to this Panther football team this year. It's either going to boom or it's going to bust. And I think he shares that same sentiment. Uh, I think it's either going to go really well or it's going to go really bad. Um, hey, once again, shout out to the man that was here for another $5. Yeah, thank you, man. He says, we, uh, we draft all D. Might be an old convo, while O-line especially needed work. Thoughts on that? Well, you know, I kind of, when talking about this, I go back to something that Dave Gettleman once said, and all of his Gettlemanisms, um, is that you're just not ever going to have a bunch of depth at every position on your football team. The 53-man roster basically prohibits it. So as a coaching staff, you know, while you're drafting and while you're going through free agency, inevitably you're going to come out in the other end with uh, a position group or two that just aren't going to have a lot of good depth at those positions. Right now, those positions for us are left tackle and, uh, frankly, a few positions on our linebacking core. So, uh, you know, I, I really do think that our offensive line, uh, the formation that we march out week one is not going to be what we finish the season with. Um, and I don't think the one that we start with is going to be the best iteration of our offensive line, meaning we're probably going to have to go through some bumps and bruises before we realize truly what player goes where. You know, that goes back to Matt Rule and his I into five comparison. Um, but I'm overall, um, I really like how we've drafted. That's been my favorite part of Scott Fitterer and what he's done for us is the players well, the that he defense, has brought the in. All defense draft was under Marty Herney. Um, and, and to be honest is this, is that it was um, kind of bizarre in one way. But in another way, it was a massive reform of the defense in a quick moment, right? Is that we got old and slow on defense yeah. real fast. And this is where, I mean, and this can happen overnight to teams, you know, and it happened to us from like 2017 to 2018, 2018 to 2019. All of a sudden, they're handing out walkers, it felt like, and you just look slow. So that yeah. was like a radical surgery we did last year by doing all defense. But I don't believe that if fitters here, we probably would do all. No, you know, that was it was a radical surgery. It was an experimental surgery. Uh, and I hope his uh, drafting turns out to be fantastic is right now. Everybody's super excited about these draft picks. Right. Um, and I do think that there is a low there's not a, lar a large potential for bust. On JC, like JC Horn is probably not going to bust unless he just gets injured, right? And like right. that would be the only way. It seems like he's got all the tools to be just a, a beast. 
and Terrace walk out on the Terrace Marshall Jr. So right now, those two players give you such a luxury to make this draft great, no matter what. Yeah. By the way, Albert Breer put out uh, some tweets today pertaining to the Panthers, and he actually mentioned five things, and a lot of what you just said was on there. He said, number one, Christian McCaffrey looks like he's 100% back, which is huge for Sam Darnold, who made progress, seeing to feel better, faster with coaches tailoring the O to him. Number two was rookie Terrace Marshall. His ceiling is tremendously high. He's big, and he's excelled on contested catches. His number three point was the guy that you just mentioned. J.C. Horn is as advertised. Nothing's too big for him. He's playing with edge and fire. But he may not be the only rookie contributing big on D. Keep an eye out for defensive tackle Davion Nixon, who we have all been saying is a guy that could surprise a lot for us this year. Uh, then a surprise mentioned by him is he says, uh, Yatur Gross Milos looks like he's grown up. Should help take pressure off of Burns and Reddick. And this is a guy I've been hopeful for for a long time. That he could start up and you know be that defensive end opposite of Brian Burns, and he could really hold it down on that side. Um, his final take was Jets cast off Frankie Louvu emerged as a camp dark horse, and the Panthers could use his help at linebacker. That spot and left tackle are probably the two biggest question marks on what's a much deeper, more talented roster than the team had last year. So, Tony, there are definitely those in the media who do think that we have the potential to be a very good team this year. Certainly better than last. It's all going to be about, you know, the NFL is all about injuries and depth, right? Is that if you could trot out your players and they did what you thought on paper uh, all year, then everybody would be great. The problem is people get hurt, things don't go your way, and you need other guys to step in and uh, excel when their number is called. So, uh 252-228-5098. That's our number. My podcast brothers, how y'all doing? G, come G. On, what up, G? What up, I G? Know, I haven't called in a while, but, hey, I've been busy, you know. Hey, man, I watched. It's all love, bro. Oh, man. When we faced the Ravens, man. And to me, we look decent and everything, and I'm not getting all bent out, out, of, out of shape for a preseason game or that Colts game. Two preseason games. It's just preseason. So Panther fans, calm the hell down. That's right. New Orleans Saints fans. I see y'all on Facebook and shit talking about, oh, James Winston, he looks really good. Calm the fuck down. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. I got a question for you guys. I'm really excited about the Perryman signing, that dude that came from the Chargers Perryman, but this dude cannot stay healthy. Jermaine Carter has stepped up. Jermaine Carter has stepped up. So we got Shaq Thompson back there, you know, and that one dude that we got from the Jets, Luvu, Lovo, Luvu, whatever his damn name is. Hey, man, my question to you guys is, if Perryman cannot go, who do you see playing the middle linebacker? You think it'll be Carter? You think it'll be Luvu? I seriously doubt they'll put Shaq in the middle. I don't know. Give me a take on that, fellas. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. I mean, uh, Luvu is the name, bro. Luvu is yeah. like uh, all of a sudden an exciting name. And I think it's Jermaine Carter's Jr.'s time to do what Mike Davis did last year. 
I mean, Matt Rule confirmed it. He confirmed it today that uh, Jermaine Carter Jr. is indeed our starting Mike linebacker. So, I mean, there really isn't too much to worry about. I don't expect too much of anything from uh, Denzel Perriman this year. If I'm being frank, and I know we don't want to hear this, and I know this is going to be a very unpopular take, but, dude, he could end up being another tired whitehead, man. Like, especially if he's never going to see the field. Like, how is he even getting meaningful reps to know where his body is supposed to be on a given play if he's not even out there playing enough? Like, if we're going to see anything from this man, it isn't going to be anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's not – it's probably my least favorite signing that the Panthers have made thus far. Uh, and it's between him and Cam Irving. But still, we still have to see what they do. Um, I did want to bring up the Saints with y'all. Uh, did either of you look at any of the highlights or look at anything no. that happened last night from the No, but I told Saints you Jason Hill was a bum the whole time, and it turns out that was true. Okay, so one, hold off on the bum shit. Number two, I'm going to go back to what Tim Jenkins said, that a lot of it is who's playing with the ones, who's playing with the twos, okay? And, and I think that plays a lot into it too. But also, Jameis Winston – he definitely opens up that deep ball for them. And my thing is this. I, I think that we need to have a discussion about the New Orleans Saints because as much as we might not want to say it out loud, I kind of don't think that this team is going to just be another rebuilding football team that we're all expecting them to be this year, just another team kind of in flux in the NFC South. They have a damn good offensive line. They still have Cam Jordan. They still have Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, you know, I, I think that we would be remiss to already start to assume that we're going to play them in week two and we're just going to walk all over them. Uh, I think that they're yeah, going to be stiff competition. To even say that. I've just been kind of trying to speak it into existence that the Saints are going to get old quick. It happened to us. I just want it to happen to them. Yeah, we all want that to happen. happen. You know, they've been in the first plot, the first, second spot, first, what, three years in a row now? Tired of it. I'm ready for the drop-off. I'm ready for the drop-off. I mean, they may look good, but you also got to keep in mind they have a lot in flux, um, and they're paying, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of high money for a lot of their players, and they're in purgatory, you know, as far as, Cap they, do they do yeah. cap voodoo. The they cap do voodoo. They do, but it's, at some point effect. you gotta pay the piper, you know, and eventually they're gonna run into that bustle. And I don't think, uh, I'll be honest with you, I think that the moment this is such a, a mental game at quarterback, and I'm sure Tim Jenkins would probably agree to this. Like when you look at Jameis history's, you know, or Jameis Winston's history, you're gonna you're gonna see a history of somebody who's confident, and then he once he loses that confidence, it's all out the door. Like, he just throws pick after pick. I mean, it, it, he could come out and just blow it up, right? He could very well be the like uh, the, the guy who who never had a shot, and all of a sudden now he's he's showing up and showing out. He could be the next Tom Brady winning six Super Bowls. Who knows? But I, I don't see that pedigree in Jameis Winston. And honestly, I just see somebody who's goofy, who's never going to be taken seriously as a, as a competitor with his I teammate. Know. I'm never going to take him serious. But one of the interesting things I've, and I'm going to go watch all these because on the game pass, you can watch all of them. But um, I was hearing this is that, and this is the scary part. 
is that the Saints are looking like the old Saints. Chunk plays. You know, yeah. I mean, is that they beat our ass for the last three years and they've done it with five yard passes. They've done it with basically Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Now right. you're talking about bringing back like a 2012 version of the Saints. I don't want to mess with that. No, man. So listen, that gives us extra incentive to put our best foot forward. I've said multiple times now that everyone on this team has a ton to prove and no one can rest on their laurels, man. Everyone has to come out and play big boy football if we're ever going to be taken seriously in this division ever again. All right, let's go to the next call. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys, it's Joey. Joey? And, uh, I just wanted to uh, say that, and you guys were just talking about uh, marketability, that, you know, fans prefer PJ over Will, which awesome do. I mean, I have to be honest. I mean, yes, Will Greer does have a loss. PJ has a win. But the thing you also have to realize is that all fans really want is to win. And you also have to realize if you're a coach, make what you feel is the right decision because if you win, fans will start, you know, to say to say it in a way that 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 Tony would understand, fans will start sucking your D if you started winning, <laughs> no matter what you do. So, That's a long term fan of the podcast. That. Yeah. Uh, wow! Wow! Oh, man. oh, and Tim Jenkins said he was going to be there. I'm going to be there on Friday too. Oh. Wow! Wow! Uh, I was about to take a low <laughs> blow at you there, Joey. Uh. Joey's in the chat room right now, man. Just sitting here chatting with uh, the boys. All right, so um, what was it? Uh, just uh, escape me. Go ahead. I mean, listen, I'm I'm at the the, the point right now where I'm I'm just um, I'm excited to see what this team is going to do against Pittsburgh again. Yeah. Like we're we're, we're kind of grasping for straws here. We really don't know too much about how our starting offense looks. Right. It, you know, we, we want to see more, man. We're so close. Guys, this Friday is the last preseason football game of the year. Then we got meaningful football, baby. Panthers are back. Dude, it's that time of year, man. I'm just I'm just ready for this whole thing to start. I'm ready to put start to put these questions to bed about left tackle and how Sam looks. I want to start seeing Hey, we're Panther fans. You ain't ever put in the left tackle position to bed. The day that happens, we should like it. Let me dream, man. Let me dream. Like Stephus being positive. And uh, I think it was John (laughs) Jenkins uh, that said my favorite comment of the night was marketability for Will Greer. His hair and his beard don't match. (laughs) rolling traveling nine hours for his first game september 12th nine hours that's a uh you better stay overnight number one actually you got to stay two nights right you got to come the day before on a nine hour joint and then you got to leave hardest part about going to a game for me is it's a four uh, it's a four hour drive and you have to do it in a it's a day and a half at the minimum. Like, right. like if you I mean, it's possible to leave in the morning and come back at night. It's such an awful day. 
but I usually go on Saturday and have to come back after the game and try to make work on Monday. And that's miserable too. Um, also a uh, pro tip, Grizzy B. If you got a game ticket, you get into the strip club free on Sunday night. Hey, there you go. CC2 is looking out for you, baby. All the time, all the time. Shout out to Grizzly B, man. Happy you can join us in the chat. All right, let's go to the next call. Hi, guys. This is Steve from Real Beach. How are you guys doing? Steve, how are you? I have two points I want to mention today. Uh, one is, of course, the sign of Robbie. I think it's a great move. He reminds me of, he has a role, in my opinion, of what Ted Ginn Jr. used to have. He's not getting paid Ooh. too much, and he's been very reliable, and he could definitely play the deep game. I know right. he's a lot of his success crossing over and everything, but that could be more DJ's thing, and I just think he's a good role model also for the other receivers. So I think it's a great deal to have Robbie two more years and this year coming up, of course. Um, uh, my second thing is that um, I remember when everybody made a big deal about number 88 being given out too early to another player and disrespect, et cetera. Uh, but the way number 88 has been playing, uh, Terrace is looking good, man. I, have no, I haven't heard any complaints about number 88 now at this point. Mm -hmm. so I guess uh, people are kind of happy now. But I see, guys, you all have a great day. Bye. Yeah, I got no problem, man. I'm not like, I don't get the number thing. It, unless that, you know what? I'm going to say this is I ain't even ready to retire a number in Carolina until we got a Super Bowl. Like, whoever no. gets me the Super Bowl, that number goes in, and then I'll retire it. But, like, are we really going to just retire everybody we love? No. And I was watching uh, Hard Knocks the other night, and uh, CeeDee Lamb is wearing number 88 for the Cowboys. And, of course, that's that Urban. My yeah, that's Michael Irvin. That's Des Bryant, uh, one other famous receiver that they, they've, they've had, apparently. So, yeah, I mean, we're pretty much going to have to do that. I mean, uh, especially as as this Panther football team grows accolades and continues to, you know, hopefully win some meaningful championships and have some players that ascend to that, you know, that level. Yeah, we're going to have to um, – I would say maybe just treat them with respect. Like you have to be a damn good player to be able to wear a certain number. You know what I mean? I just said put them in the Hall of Honor, right? Like is having their their bus, whatever that. What is it? They put the banners up at CK when we were yeah, going yeah. to stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Banners, like, that's enough. That's enough. There's only so many. Like we can't retire everybody's jersey. Especially no. when you went, like, I mean, just, I mean, and I think Steve Smith is the, the number one number that would be thoughtful, like 89, one and 90 are the numbers. And I've, and then 59. because everybody likes to virtue signal, we'll do the Sam, uh, help me out. Um, Arnold. <laughs> Sam Mills. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Sam, Sam Mills. Mills. You know what I'm saying? Like that's almost because people, and, and look, I mean, I'm not, saying i don't like them but it's like i feel like it's just so easy to be like we love whatever because of the situation what i'm saying is this is like i'm not retired i want to retire whoever the mvp of the super bowl winning game is i'll retire that motherfucker's number <laughs> yeah i mean you know everybody says 89 that's the number you know but like you mentioned we haven't had a player win the super bowl yet so i mean I don't know. I, I think there's very few numbers that you could retire 
on this team. To me, it's three of them, but we've had this discussion a whole yeah. bunch of times. The man that was here is right, is that we've done more in 27 years than other teams have in the common era, like the Falcons. Oh, yeah. No, we've oh, actually yeah. been very successful for a young franchise. Yeah. Right, but we have to get the chip, man. We got to get the trophy. We got to get the Lombardi, right? Or else we're just going to be, we don't want to be the Jag. I mean, the Jags had some early success too, but not to the R level though, not Super Bowl stuff. Uh, look at that. Retire three for the C3 pie. I love this. Hey, I love y'all. Man, way to make hey. me feel good. Way to make me feel good when my wife's mad at me. Uh, two, five, two, two, three, <laughs> two, three, two. Hey guys, Chuck from Louisville City. Chuck, my man. Uh, two quick thoughts here. Uh, Robbie Anderson getting the extension today. <clears throat> I kind of feel this is, um, you know, you take this year, he was going to be done. Give him two more years, a little bit more money than I liked. Um, but they kind of front loaded. They had money to do it for this year. So it kind of takes some of the funding off for next year and the year after. Now, thing is, I think DJ Moore is more important. And we could actually, if we don't get a contract agreement with him, we could put a franchise tag on him next year. And if we do that and try to work out a deal, maybe we can let Robbie go the year after next. Maybe we can get to have an out there. But this kind of does leave us, at least if DJ outplays himself and hits the market, we do still have depth at receiver. Now, I hope... And pray we do find a kicker to play fly because he sucks. Yeah. Still looking for one more lineman. And the one thing that kills me, it doesn't look like this uh, Fletcher guy is going to be the long snapper. That he's probably going to get cut and make the practice squad. And JJ Jensen's going to be back. Four picks after Fletcher. Trey Smith, the offensive guard from Tennessee, was taken by the Chiefs. Right now they're saying he's the best offensive lineman they got. We could have used him even if he was a guard for depth because after about 10 guys, I don't see the last three on the roster right now worth a damn. And we definitely got to be looking for a linebacker because Paramin can't cut it. We better find one. Other than that, I feel pretty good about the defensive backs. I feel pretty good about where we're heading. Um, quarterback's a little iffy with Greer and P.J. Walker, but uh, maybe we can kind of merge them together and make one number two quarterback. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Brought the fire tonight, Chuck. Fantastic call. Um, and this is, to me, I think one of the issues when it comes to having all these picks is that it, it, I'm okay with us like uh, stockpiling picks for trade stuff. Yeah. Right. So it's like we're gonna give you two fives, two threes, two twos, and we're gonna get a one, you know, a two or something, and we're gonna move whatever it is. These seventh round picks are uh half the time they're already on the bubble actually 33 fourths of the time they're on the bubble right from the bat right from the get off and um why you draft that guy if you don't really think there's a real competition i guess if i mean all right so he goes to the practice squad he might survive this year jj jansen retires man that's a long game but he's right and the four-man rush people be clapping for this call probably yeah, well, I mean, also, I I know the name probably doesn't ring a bell to you, but Trey Smith, um, he's a guard out of Tennessee. He ended up falling because, up. yeah, he ended up falling because of an injury concern, I think. 
maybe okay. some off the field stuff too. But I just remember watching the dude's film, and I had him rank, ranked in my top 100 players in the draft. Like the guy was an absolute mauler. Um, I loved what he did up front, and yeah, we took a long snapper over that guy, and he's like one of the starting linemen for the Chiefs right now, looking incredible, beating people up on the inside. So, again, it's like we're going to do this for a long time with Rashawn Slater and Justin Fields and all these different players that we're going to show the code of water about. Um, again, I just think that our, the, the guys that we drafted are, are going to pull out for us, and they're going to do a lot of good things this year. We just have to give it some time and, and wait for it to coalesce, and I think it will. All right, next call. Yo, what's happening? What's happening? C three. Man, Fucking long time. Your boy Zero, your boy QT Zero. Your Cali just giving you a heads up. I'm fucking with the deal that went down today. We signed <laughs> the homie for the exact same shit that we didn't gave him in the first place, which was supposed to be a fucking prove it deal, which is still just a continuing prove it deal for another couple years. Just to let this motherfucker sit in stone in case if we even feel like trading him still to get a first and possibly a second round pick if he is the blow up. You know what I'm saying? Bro, it's just an amazing deal that guy right there. Trade Daddy's the GOAT. Man. I'm just going to say it right here, right there. That guy knows what the fuck he is doing. Trade Daddy. Find our fucking skill positions, man. Like, man, I fuck with this dude. So tough. Like, man. It, it, it just it, it just does not cease to fucking to impress me. Like goddamn, there's something else I had to holler about him. I'm I'm high. Goddamn. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, he's coming back for more. Here we go. The next call. God. It's him again. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. so so that's what it was, bro. So you, hey, just we all know this motherfucking uh this cap space is just getting up and up, and all that's gonna mean. This motherfucker's gonna get paid more and more. You never know. An average ass motherfucking wide receiver is gonna start getting paid twenty fucking million a year. You know what I'm saying? We getting this motherfucker on ten to fifteen each motherfucking year. <laughs> Call breaking oh. up, and his there's a third one in the hole. But um, that that kind of goes back to my if you like a player, why wait? Yeah, you know, I mean, and this was my argument for Taylor Moten all along. We should have gotten this done a year earlier, and it's cheaper. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's cheaper because you beat the inflation. Right. Everything's inflating, no matter what. It's going to go up. I mean, think about what it is. And, and you know, the one time we did this right was with Cam Newton. We signed Cam Newton a year earlier than we had to. Uh, in 2015, before the 2015 season, it goes out and plays fucking NFL MVP. Everybody's like, "Oh, he's gonna get paid. He's gonna get it." But we got Cam on that 20 million dollar deal, that 18 million dollar deal. So it was so cheap that three years later they cut him and signed another quarterback for the same damn price. They didn't even save money. They threw away money and then signed. You know what I'm saying? So you can. This is why Aaron Rodgers. He tries to put a, and I don't know if he ever successfully got it into his contract, but it was the awesomest thing I ever heard. And it was like, every time a quarterback gets paid more than me, 
a clause in my contract kicks in to where I can renegotiate. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't that you're the highest played player until you're not. Yeah, you know? and that's what I feel like that's what a lot of these players are doing now too. Like as soon as someone gets paid more from then a, a few years down the road, faster than what their contract would dictate, they're already asking to renegotiate yeah. and get repaid. I call that the Julio Jones. I feel like Julio Jones would, would sign a new contract and then the very next year would ask for more money and, and want to be paid paid even more than it, than it was. Darrell, uh, Darrell Rivas, man, that dude was a master, bro. This motherfucker would be like, you know what? Just put me on the franchise tag. I'm gonna go ball out. And he would sign that. More, that dude made more money than anybody. And um, his uncle was a free agent that the Panthers overpaid. Not oh, well, we paid a boat ton, of, boat ton of money, boatload of money. It was Gilbert, something Gilbert. Chat room, help me out. We got uh, uh, De- uh Revis's uncle was um gilbert, gilbert. from the we we uh, washington redskins um and that was like in 1998 or 99 we paid a ton of money that dude that's another dude where you think revis got his lessons from and family lessons on how to get the money and you know what i don't got no problem get that money get that is it sean money. gilbert yes sean gilbert that was it yeah. All right, uh, last call. Uh, uh, one more, one, one more thing before we go. Uh, Spectre one actual says Codes with the goat. Much love from down under, lads. Appreciate you, Spectre, wow. for that ten dollar love bomb. Codes is the goat. It oh, was. Love that. It's been a productive show. All right, last call tonight. All right, Tony. You already know, fam. I'm with you on this fucking boat too. I get all the criticism from all the shit I be calling in. All my Carolina folks I be talking to, I get all the same fucking criticism, bro. I'm on the same fucking boat. Leave them boys sitting on the fucking bench and don't let it motherfucking make no chance until it's a, a week motherfucking game where the game matters. Thank this you. Is a, this is a negative week three. You know what I'm saying? Or negative week one. You know, we don't. it's not week one yet. God damn it. You see ETN, that boy fucked off for the season. And dumbass Lauren's going to try to jump over three motherfuckers and damn near fuck his whole shit off for the rest of his life. When it don't even, this game don't matter. Yep. Matter. I'm with QT you know on this. So it's, it's dumb that motherfuckers want to uh, risk their career on a game that don't matter when it's a game for motherfuckers that's trying to get on the roster. Not a game to prove who you are because we a fan and I'm a fan and I just want to see this shit. Yeah, I want to see this shit, but keep my fandom out of it business-wise, marketing aspect-wise. That motherfucker should sit on the bench. Horn should sit on the bench. Motherfucker, every motherfucking team sit on the bench. My baby mama called me, though. All right, Joe. Yeah, man. Like, isn't that, isn't that the argument, man? It's like we all want to see these players. We want to see Sam. We want to see JC. Right. We want to see – like, we're ready for it's football selfish. to start. Yeah. It's, it's like That's what I told my want, friend. It's selfish. You want to see them to, scratch to make you our feel own better. Yes. To make you 100%. feel better. I do think that, I mean, theoretically, you could see a world where you played your starters in the preseason, like one series in week two and three series in week three. And you know what? In the first eight minutes of the game on week one, that's not, dog. 
You know, yeah. like, I mean, I don't, I just don't know if the pluses you get out of it are, tr- what I would say is this, is that my real question to all of these people is, is that if you played a team that played their starters one full quarter of the third preseason game and you didn't play yours at all, how much of a competitive advantage do they truly get in week one? And if it's if it's significant, then if you truly believe it's significant, then I'm all for it. But I don't know if it's really that much. I don't believe it is. Keep in mind, last year, the year as far as how much points NFL teams were putting up was way higher than people expected it to be during COVID when With there no were no when camp. there were no yeah when there was no. OTAs, there was no preseason. So, yeah, I agree with you. I don't really think it's too necessary to really make sure that your team is ready to fire on all cylinders come time to play week one. I, I think that you're running a tremendous risk. I mean, look, I'm going to be happy that I'm... a disadvantage, right? Like, getting them some game reps is not a disadvantage. Sure. I just truly don't know if it makes them that much more prepared yeah if the risk is worth the reward which is 100 percent fair and uh, i'm also you know I, i'm excited it makes me more excited for the game because sure. i know that we are gonna see all these players and we're gonna have a shitload to talk about um which by the way we're definitely doing our post game show friday after the game be sure you check us out um and yeah we're gonna be reacting to all of it we're waiting to see what sam looks like uh, everybody wants to see what Joe Brady is going to cook up, uh, how we look in the red zone, and whether or yeah. not we practice well, you know it or not. Week one for that shit. Don't even worry about it this week. Uh, CK, are those Cool Ranch? No, nah, dude. Just regular. What? Regular? Like nacho cheese? Oh. Oh, they're like tor- straight plain tortilla chips. I got you from the Mexican joint. Did you get it? Uh, Uber Eats. Yeah. <laughs> no sponsorship here for them, jerks, but you can sponsor us by smashing the thumbs up button, subscribing to the show, checking us out on all the major podcasting outlets, wherever the hell you get it, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google, whatever. Uh, you can find us Tuesday nights, Friday nights, Thursday, Saturday. We're all We're about to be all over the place. I'm about to call people. I almost called uh, you up, Cody. I was like, I didn't have nothing to do. I was like, you just want to watch every play of J.C. Horn and talk about it. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was going to do something like that. Like, anyway, um, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. A great guest tonight, Tim Jenkins. The last segment of the show, since we've talked about it, all the news and notes you could possibly think of. We didn't talk about the uh, – I was going to talk about the Steelers, what we want to see. Actually, I'll, I'll ask you one question. Each of you gets the – Say one thing. What's one thing you want to see against the Steelers week three or final preseason game? One thing in particular I'll say um, is I want to see Dan Arnold. I want to see the same connection that we've been hearing about in training camp is that Sam Darnold has apparently uh, made a really good connection with Dan Arnold. Uh, Darnold to Arnold is what we're all – you know, ready to, to love and type in the chat and type on Twitter. Um, so I'll be interested to see if that same connection 
transfers over uh, to game day. Um, and, and again, it might seem boring, but I swear I'm, I'm looking at most of the same players all the time. Um, I want to continue to see um, improvement from Brady Christensen and Deontay Brown because I believe they're going to be starting for us at some point this year. Um, I want to see more from Frankie Luvu and Dutro Gross Matos. Um, I, I want to continue to see the improvement from these guys because I think they've done a good job at showing decent improvement just in these two preseason games. So I just want to see a uh, that continued trend. And obviously, Sam, like Sam, that's all of our picks. Like we all want to see Sam. We all want to see Sam play well. You know, I think that's a given too. So, right. CK, anything you're looking for? I mean, right now, I think it's going to be a matter of how this defense is going to handle a seemingly rejuvenated Ben, Big Ben, who is yeah, going to be able to read touchdowns. The, yeah, who's going to be able to uh, read the defense with a, uh, a, a apparently a very explosive running back now. Um, and uh, you know, hey, it's and I, I really think you got to keep in mind too. We're going to be going against the Steelers, who have some of the best defenses out there. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that uh, that plays out. And if this offensive line starts to break down, to see how this uh, this uh, coaching staff decides to handle the starters. What I want to see is P.J. Walker win this quarterback battle so Tim Jenkins comes on every week. Hey, I like that. I like that. You know? And by, uh, by the way, and by the way, for no other reason than that. Yeah, I mean, like, how about that? Is that it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you guys can deliver me Will Greer's offseason quarterbacks coach that's a great dude and that actually likes us. Cody, go knock uh, on Will Greer's door and ask. Yeah, you know, I mean, he doesn't uh, live too far from here. And then, be like, and then we'll be like, hey, can you uh, dye your hair to match your beard or your beard to match yeah, your please. hair? Dude, listen, as a fellow, as a fellow long hair, don't care. I normally don't like to shit on my fellow long hair men. But, dude, something just ain't right about his. The long hair does not do him justice. Yeah, like yeah. The, like the short hair, man. I don't know what it is. Maybe people think I look dirty and shit having long hair. I don't know. But whenever I look at him, I'm just like, it, it's not working, man. It's not working. Witness the Walker wonder. So, Tim Jenkins. No, nah, it's actually, I am pulling. I thought uh, PJ was ahead uh, significantly, but. I, I'm giving kudos to Will Greer for responding in a moment. You got a little moment. The coaching staff, you know, they gave it to you uh, to be right. fair. I mean, they came out and said this, is that we didn't give him a good opportunity week one. And then they came out and started him in week two, basically. He's basically right. a starter. They did that, A, for not I – mean, I don't know if it's the optics. It wasn't optics, but also, I mean, it does show that they were trying to be fair to the dude a little bit. Uh, and he took he made the most of the opportunity. I'll say that. So I'm pulling for PJ. Pulling for PJ. Uh, one, because I like uh, that bazooka he's got. I like the... Um, you like that one? Bazooka? Yeah. Oh, dude, when you said that, I was like, yes, that's the best way of saying it. And I like his mobility. Yep. Um, I like how he's gutsy. And I like having Tim Jenkins come on the show. Um, all right. <laughs> Let's go to the final segment of the show, uh, and that is the Ice Up Picks, where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. Everyone is fair game. It's our, o- o- our homage to Steve Smith. 
where we've iced up 12. I have, I've iced up a 12 year old kid in Oklahoma. I never even met once on this podcast, right? Everything is fair game. Who's got something good to go? Because mine is like super lame. Uh, Cody, he has a, a plethora of them. It sounds yeah, like so. I know. Just roll them out for yeah, it. Yeah, like I could really, I, I could do uh, a I'm whole time. That story you get me. You send a story about the the people that were upset about their dad dying. Is that one of them? Oh no, 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 no. That's that, it, Joe. That was that, crazy. That, that could have. That I mean, all right, so yeah. Cody sends me this. So he just put actually he didn't send it to me, he just put it up on Twitter. And the headline was Family Upset When Dad Dies of COVID or something like that. Right. I'm sure I got it. So I clicked the link, and the first thing in the story, I mean, it wasn't even a part of the story yet. It was just a quote from a family member. It said, My vaccinated dad caught COVID from an unvaccinated person. And died. And That's I was bad. like, I was like, I don't even, I, you know what I did? I just hit the X button and I did not read another word. I was like, I'm oh, sorry. I was it's like, like what? what? You're mad at the, you're mad at the unvaccinated people and your dad was double vaccinated. And he it, caught it. And he caught it. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, like, it's, I, like, it's, I don't even know what that means. And and listen, like, I know, <laughs> I know people don't like to talk about this shit. Look, go look at what's happening in Australia and Ireland. Dude, they're protesting in the streets, and their government is like forcing them to fucking go back inside, dude. It's dude. That's I'll leave it at that. Whenever you get some time, look at uh, what's going on in Australia, and you might be like, "Whoa, that's some crazy shit." Um, but my ice up pit tonight um, is Pittsburgh Steelers related. I felt that apt because that's who we're playing. Uh, the receiver. Drafted last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers is a guy from Notre Dame by the name of Chase Claypool. I liked him a lot. Had a really good year last year. But he posted this video on TikTok. And people were just, like, going off on him for this. And I'll just let it speak for itself and just play it. Oh, I didn't play the sound. Hold on, my bad. I fucked it all up. I gotta play the sound because it makes it. It, it may, I know, but I didn't. I, I gotta share the sound, or it won't. Uh, it won't okay. do it. But it's. I promise you, it's worth it. Oh, I can't wait. So Chase Claypool posted this on TikTok. Um, I know. I said you just grab it from the front, sit down, and get on it like a saddle. <laughs> dude, I like the guy more already. <laughs> right? But dude, people were going off at him, and I'm like, dude, I'm icing up all the people that were getting mad at this. Like, dude, this guy is clearly making a joke. Like, is that not allowed anymore? Is that the world that we live That's exactly in? Exactly what TikTok was made for. I know, dude. It. I, I saw that, and uh, there was like a bunch of people that were one like, "More time! I want to see yeah. it one more time, just because I want to see this girl." Um, I know I said you just grab it from the front, sit down, and get on it like a saddle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's funny. I think it's great. How did he take any flight? Um, I know I. Oh, he's sexist, and oh, that's an oh. offensive joke. All this stuff, man. I wonder if, like, 
I know we don't have a bunch of women in the chat room right now. We normally don't. We have to select a few. But like, do women see this shit and get offended? I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I would love to to probe. I don't know who's getting offended by this. But, but I thought it was hilarious. There, there was nothing to be offended there. Like zero. I thought That's it was actually what the internet was invented for. That yeah, was, that <laughs> right. like why the internet was invented. The most hysterical thing about that is the people that are actually spending money, at least 90% of the people that are spending money for like merchandise or game tickets, things like that, 90% of them are men anyway. Like you're you're already in a position uh oh. where where you're like in, in the and most women, in my opinion, are probably gonna think that's pretty funny as well. Hey, listen, like, I asked for a woman in the chat room and we got one. Karen Choi came in and says, I thought it was hilarious. See, th there's only a select few people on the internet that get mad at something and blow it into something that's completely out of proportion, and then they want to act like their opinion represents everyone's right. opinion. I'm more mad about this dental hygienist making the TikToks on the job or whatever she was. Like, what is she <laughs> like? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, she I'm with the dentist. Man. That was very sexist. She might have been a surgical tech. She might have been a surgeon. Surgeon, I don't know. You're right. I don't care. But uh, all right, hit us with another one, Cody. You said you had a litany of them. All right, you want another one? I can do that. So, um, you know who's very easy to ice up? Kevin Trudeau. And it's kind of along the same lines because it's basically like it's it's pandering. Like what I you know do you like when I say that people go online and they virtue signal? Tell me that this is not amongst one of the dumbest fucking things that you've ever heard in your life. And it's just like pandering for the sake of pandering, and it just sounds so stupid. It is exactly the example of the kinds of things you need to do to counter. The she, the she session and turn it into a she covering. Fact is, uh, the conservatives don't talk about that in their lengthy class. So, in case you're wondering, I don't what know the, what that. What does that yeah, mean? What the Never fuck did that asshole just say? He was instead of saying a recession and a recovery, he changed it to she. It's a we have to change the she session into a she covery. Why? What like that, 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 dude, he's he's trying to be woke and live, and oh, I'm pro feminine, and oh, I'm pro woman, and oh, we you might have missed earlier, like last year, someone had uh, gotten on to Justin Trudeau for saying something about mankind, and that it was regressive because that why's it gotta be mankind? You know, why can't it be womankind or people kind? Oh so God. ever since he got called out. On that bullshit, he's in the media talking about yeah, a recovery and a one tweet made this guy do that. The funny thing is, is like I almost think in his mind he's just trolling. Totally, but we know what he's doing. But but like he's thinking that, but he knows he has to come across as genuine as well because otherwise he's gonna get crucified. Um, dude, like that is that's. Like Let me tell you this, folks. Here's, here's for the cancel. You know what? I I like wokeness. I like progressivism. I like us trying to be better people, right? 
But here's the thing is that um, as someone who was, I was very pro-Obama. You know, I saw him speak, spoke to me like, man, it was just a right moment, right time. And, you know, like what I did is for the next eight years, I had and I live in an area that was not pro Obama with a bunch (laughs) of family members that are not pro. You know, they're anti. And what I said is this is like, please just criticize the real shit. Let's not get muddled on like, oh, he wore a striped tie with uh but so this is what after eight years of dealing with this on the defense side like defending against i guess it's like it's kind of like my twitter so like cam newton twitter sword like you defend against everything when uh when trump was elected i did warn the anti-trumpers is like don't go crazy on the little shit like he will give you a bunch of big shit theoretically to be pissed about, but yeah. don't be like, oh, he misspoke. Like so, one of them was like he he like misspoke about World War One and World War Two. You know, like oh my god, this yeah. You know, it was just like, hey, hold on, folks. And this is what I think this is is like when you say mankind, like yes, uh, gender, um, kind of that uh, those linguistic. Sh- I don't know what what the right term is. I'm trying to get about like kind of that patriarchal mindset. You know, they are real, but is that what the point of mankind, the statement mankind is? Yeah. But my, my, my thing is that who listens to that and goes, yes, slay queen. Yay. bitch! (laughs) Like what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) But that doesn't do anything for a woman anywhere. For any problem that a woman goes to, you saying she recovery and she session doesn't do a damn thing other than make you no. look like a fucking moron, dude. Yes. All right. Uh, um, all right. See, uh, you got another one? Hit us up. But, dude, I'm going to empty out my whole reservoir here, but I guess I'll go ahead and do it. You may have already seen this. And uh, it's, it's a message to the girlfriends out there. Um, and that is you have to realize if you're out somewhere with your man and you start a fight with another oh, man. I've seen this video. Don't put your hands on the dude that you're fighting with because now you're basically demanding that your boyfriend get in a fight to preserve your honor. And then shit like this happens. Shut up! Oh, and the watch. Now everybody getting dropped. Oh, 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 night, 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 night. Boyfriend got slapped. Oh, he's out. Damn, and it's like. She hit him first. Yeah, she slapped him. And look, she's still trying oh, to go up there and like start his shit. I'm sorry, like, baby. Where am I? Yeah, he's like, where the fuck am I right now? He held back. He was about to bite her up too. I mean, look, that that's that's pretty much it. Uh, look, Heinz Field uh, seems pretty lit. Um, hey, man, listen. 
Keep your hands. Keep your hands. I didn't watch that self. video closely. I've seen that thing floating around, and I just wasn't trying to get into the arguments everybody were having. Of you know, what I'm saying because it was just like vitriol surrounding it. I didn't see that mug got put to sleep. And the the main point should be one: keep your fucking hands to yourself. Yeah. Okay. That 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 shit like this doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like. I don't care if you're male or female. You should never attack another person, regardless of their gender, and expect no repercussions in return. Like that's just not how the world works. No. No, not at all. That's uh, yeah, that's you got it, Isa. That's ridiculous. Um, you know, I'm gonna go. uh, Unfortunately, um, and this doesn't make me feel uh, any pleasure in doing this, but I've I've got to ice up Cam Newton. Like, oh man, for this vaccination shit, dude. Like, regardless of whether he wants to be vaccinated or not, right? Um, I'm icing it up, and whether it's his fault or New England intentionally did it, or the league was just being very, you know, hush hush on on the rules, and like it allowed them to not actually follow the things that they were supposed to. Basically, for those that don't know, right now, Cam Newton is not a vaccinated player, and he hasn't spoken out against it or anything like that. Not like Cole Beasley has. But it sounds like there is probably like a decision he is making to not be vaccinated. Okay. Um, and there are rules within the the NFL that say unvaccinated players have to be tested there and not anywhere else. Um, and so from the understanding that we've gathered is Cam Newton was gone had gone out of the facility to be tested elsewhere or something like that. So tested maybe for something medical or whatnot. I, there's not a lot of details on that. And the rules are that he cannot be around the, like he has to remain outside of the building for five days and then pass multiple, you know, COVID negative tests um, before he's able to come back. Now, why I'm icing Cam Newton up for this is because right now in the middle of a, a quarterback controversy that's happening in new England, where Mac Jones hasn't necessarily beaten Cam Newton, but he has gained a lot of ground on Cam Newton from when the training camp started to now. You this is the last thing Cam wanted to have happen. So now you have a, 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 a Patriots organization that's frustrated with you. You're not vaccinated, so you already are going to have, uh, like even if they were to try to trade you or if they were to try to even release you, you're going to have that that you know moniker over top of you saying you're not vaccinated. I, I love Cam, but right now Cam is in a tough spot. And if Mac Jones comes out and uh, outperforms uh, what what people expect him to, Cam Newton's not going to be the starter for the Patriots. So I'm going to have to say ice up Cam for the circumstances that he's found himself in. All right, my ice up pick goes to um, people that are selfish enough, or and this is all humans, by the way, every single human, and we're selfish enough uh, to take for granted what we got. Now I put myself at the front of that line, the front of that line, homie. So, uh, you know, it's easy to, um, for, it's kind of like your health, you know, you don't know it till you don't got it. Um, try to humble yourselves, try not to be selfish, try to remember, um, the blessings you got in your life because when they're gone, uh, you miss them. So uh, that's my ice up pick. Um, it's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by Carolina Cat Chronicles, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We had a cool show tonight with Tim Jenkins. Thank you for that support. 
witness the Walker wonder, hopefully. So that will uh, continue. Once he said, I'll come on every week, we're like, yep, <laughs> sign you up. We'll see you next week. Right. He was like, yeah. I wish I would have said that. Yeah. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You can call into the show at 252-228-5098. This Friday, Cody, we will not be having a Friday free-for-all but we will be having a post-game show as the Panthers trying out their starters for maybe an entire half or something close to that uh, yeah. postseason game. Um, where can they get a I mean, post-game show? Not postseason game. Post-game show. Something like that. Where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Um, you can always find my content on drafttech.com where I write comments uh, for the first and second round for the Carolina Panthers. Um, and, yeah, listen, man, people have been loving the Friday free-for-all. We're taking a, hi- a hiatus this Friday just due to the preseason game kind of overlapping with the normal time period. But literally every other Friday at 7 p.m. is the Friday free-for-all. And if you want to come and be a part of this show and talk to me directly, listen, we've had just about everyone drop in. Greg has dropped in. Uh, Tony uh, dropped in last Friday that, that we did it. CK, we got to get you in there at some point too, man. Um, just give you all the opportunity to come on and be a part of the podcast more and further interact and talk about these Panthers that we all love. So be tuned for the Friday free-for-all. And, uh, yeah, we will be here Friday after the game to talk about all the happenings against the Steelers. CK, your timeline for the simulation just got moved up. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be Thursday. Um, I'm going to probably put together the highlights uh, Thursday uh, morning, maybe tomorrow night. And then I was going to see if maybe Cody was doing anything Thursday night. Maybe we can do a live uh, little commentary uh, over top of it and uh, and then have that out to you guys by Thursday night sometime. Yeah, man, I'm down. Just hit me up. All right. Um <laughs> Don't forget to hit, uh, what is it, uh, one place, Panther one place, Ellis up for me. Yeah, 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 John. Yep. Yeah, Let's definitely. get a 20-minute on Thursday. Let's get some work done, folks. It's time to get ready for this Panther season. You get can help pumped, us. Y'all. Do, yeah, you can help us do that by just simply being a part of the show. Call in, 252-228-5098, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, tell one friend about the show. That's the best thing, man. When you say, hey, I'm listening to this, love the show, and you at mention another friend that ain't heard it, it's a big deal. That's how we grow, one person at a time. One person on the bus, on the way to the game, hanging out with us. Let's add them. Uh, until Thursday, Friday-ish, and a lot of days just coming up, uh, keep pounding, folks. Keep pounding. Get us out of here. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.